Hello, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran, and I'm here with River Brown, Andrew Velez, and Joe Dells. And it's now episode 328. In this episode, we're joined by Jokic Joestar to talk about the Clippers' chemistry issues, the Heat's seven-game win streak, Draymond's five-game suspension, mock up some Zach Levine trades, and highlight impressive rookies. How you doing, Jack? I'm not doing too bad. I can't complain. You know, uh, you guys got crazy production value over there. It looks great <laughs> on your end. I'm just trying to keep up, you know? <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate that. You're not doing too bad yourself. You got some geography behind you, some good background, good lighting. Little stuff, little stuff. Just not a bare white wall. That's all I got. That's all you can ask for, man. I'm excited to talk about the topics we have today on the show. Big basketball episode. I'm, yes. uh, I'm going through issues uh, with this uh, trading machine. Apparently, you guys will be over the third apron. That's what I'm saying, bro. We There's no point in drawing up a mock yeah. for the Lakers. It's not looking good. Just, just making shit up. Well, let's let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Yeah, we'll, we'll We're going to do that later in the, the show. Gun. Yeah, a little bit. But it, it's like for the first time in NBA episode that there's actually things legitimate to talk about because mm. it's not a couple weeks into the season. We're now... Having some real rumors come out, Russell Westbrook, he is now coming off the bench because the Clippers are terrible yeah. with James Harden. Zach Levine requesting a trade, basically, pretty come much. Home. It's a lot of things to talk about this NBA episode, but how are you guys doing today? What do you mean home? <laughs> He's from Seattle. Uh, but Clutch, you know, it's family family ties. Uh, so you want Lonzo, too? I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> okay, yeah. I do want Caruso to come back home, actually. Lonzo wouldn't play this year. I know. Yeah, he's actually, it's funny that he's just hurt and watching all this crumble. It's like, do you have to say that, though? Yes. Like, we know he's hurt. Why would you want him, then? Because he's a cool dude. Okay, so just for, like, vibes. Good he's not going to play and basketball. He's drafted as a Laker. And what if he gets healthy? Then we have a defensive anchor. Anchor is nuts. <laughs> That's next year. <laughs> anchor is That's nuts. too much. Let's not pretend like they didn't have the best defensive backcourt when it was him and Caruso, man. That was 20 years ago. Why are you being rude? No, so 20 long? years ago <laughs> is the Knicks making the finals. That was it. <laughs> Got him. Zinger. Got him. 24. All right, you wanted to be. That's worse. Yeah, that's, that's worse. Way worse. No, that's Kobe number. That's actually a blessing. Ooh, I like that. Right, Kobe. Coming up on a Reaching foul. <laughs> I like that one. I like that. that was good. Yes, it is. That was the Kobe. So how you, guys doing, the masses, how you guys doing today? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Can't, can't complain too much. Excited to talk about basketball. Uh, last night, watched some football. Some unfortunate events transpired. Uh, Joe Burrow is unfortunately going to be out for the season. Mark Andrews is going to be out for the season. This was It, it was looking like a, a great game to start. We saw Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow kind of dueling it out. And then it went south very quickly. And the game got very uninteresting super fast. Uh, but again... I'm doing well. Can't complain too much. Prayers to Joe Burrow. Hopefully he's good. Doesn't seem like anything, you know, career threatening or anything like that. Should be good for 2024. Honestly, though, I'm looking. Uh, Nico put it out. Elite takes that. You look at the Steelers schedule, man. These guys are really going to win like 10, 11 games and just have another yes. fraudulent year of being like this 11 win team. And you look at this roster you're like, yo, this, this shit's pretty mid. Uh, other than that, doing good. Can't complain. It uh, sucks. My glorious king went down yesterday, Joe Burrow. That comment the killed me. Injury. Not going to lie. He's out for the year, man. It's a shame because the Bengals are going to win Super Bowl this year had he not went out. Wow. Two wins. That's a... That's a... Listen, they were going to lose injuries, last night regardless. Injuries. Hey, man, I could say the it was, Giants would have won 10 games. It was 14 to 10. He's good. Do you agree <laughs> with this comment right here? No, 14 wins was out the books. He, he said the Ravens were going to win the game they're, regardless. They're regardless. That's crazy. He left the field that, winning. Yeah, that's nuts. He left the field winning. Oh, yeah, he just scored. What was it? 7-10? It was 10-7. Yeah, for sure. 
How you doing, Riff? Prayers up to Mark Andrews and uh, Andrews prayers up too. to Joe Burrow. Uh, okay. Don't you said you said fourteen wins, buddy. That shit was in the ah, that was achievable in the mud, man. In the mud. 14, they already had four losses. <laughs> I'm saying now the injuries had not happened for Joe Burrow in the beginning of the year. It's achievable, of course. No, it wasn't. It was cooked. Nah, not really. You had when four did, losses. What did you right? say? He said after in the offseason. After the remember first the offseason, he went on his rant. When in the offseason? No, but after Cincinnati, the first game, this was he reaggravated his calf. I'm saying he if he didn't reaggravate yeah. his injury, that's achievable. They we didn't could do, do all it if, 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 if anyhow. After, like we could do all that. But Injuries yeah. bailed you out. That's really what happened. Wasn't Joe Burrow healthy well. when he lost to the Texans? Yeah. So what are you, what are you talking Tyler about? Tyler Boyd dropped the touchdown pass. Should have caught it. Did he did? Hundred yes. percent right. Yes. Life happened. He used that to knock CJ Stroud's MVP candidacy. So don't forget. I didn't bring it up one time during CJ's little spiel you yes, had you with did. DJ. Not I actually didn't bring it up. I, Tyler Boyd. I undoubtedly brought it up. Yeah, it wasn't wrong guy. Yeah, wrong guy. Listen, man, it's okay. Next year, hopefully Joe Burrow comes back. Cincinnati rolls again. Right now, take that out. I'm excited for next year because the skill position players in this draft are really good. Good, they they're need, great. They need some because T might be gone, and even with T, I feel like they could use another weapon. Yeah, they're really great. How about you, Jack? How are you doing? I didn't realize they came on a football episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to listen to your fucking TPE I'm here to talk hoops, baby. Uh, but I'm good. I don't know. Uh, first week of basketball is always bullshit, and so is the second one or BS. Sorry. Um. And but like three weeks in, getting some sample sizes, getting some interesting storylines going on in the league, and so it's fun. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about J- it. Jack, real Rosa quick, real, no, no, no. <laughs> did you say I'm not here for your CTE takes? Because <laughs> if so, yeah, that's one I of the did. funniest <laughs> things I've ever heard in my life. Oh my god, nuts! That's we got CTE. Is that is Whoa, that man. it's serious? It's serious stuff. <laughs> oh my Are god. Are you somebody that can't watch football because of the violence of the sport? No, um oh I don't god. like not like it. One of my big problems is I am not great at like uh breaking down a roster top to bottom. There's just too many spots for me to like look at and kind of analyze a team quality mm-hmm. i like watching sport it's fun especially like come playoffs i love like single elimination playoff format that's super exciting and so yeah it rocks i'm not like morally against it i guess they kind of know what they signed up for but it's also not ideal that that's what happens to the human body when you play that sport that's true i definitely agree you said something great in your monologue right there that Right now, we're getting some storylines in the NBA season, and one of the bigger ones is the Clippers. They traded for James Harden after Harden had requested to go to the Clippers. He wanted to go there for a while. He finally got his wish. The Clippers unloaded a bunch of wing players and draft picks to go get him, and since getting James Harden, they are on a losing streak. They're on a six-game losing streak in totality. They're 3-7. and seven. With Harden, they have a negative 21.8 net rating, which is last, 104 offensive rating, which ranks 29th, and 125.8 defensive rating, which also ranks last. To the point that Russell Westbrook volunteered to come off the bench. He said, I'm going to come off the bench so you guys could build up some chemistry and continuity. Now, Riv, you're a Clippers fan because you're a Paul George fan. Sure. So, I, listen, I'm, I'm leaning on you for, for your Clippers <laughs> analysis. What do you think this move does for the Clippers now that – Westbrook's coming off the bench. Yeah. Um, for starters, we were always everybody at the table were pretty much on the same idea in the Harden trade. Like they were skeptical. We felt like, you know, this starting lineup might not work. Having Harden and Russ in the lineup defensively is not good. And when the Harden deal happened 
and they started, you can see it off the bat. This team does not defend. The starting five is not a good defensive unit. And then, of course, Plumlee went down with an injury, which means they don't have a backup big, which hurts them because now Zubak has to play a lot more minutes. They have to rely more on that small ball lineup. But specifically in those Grizzlies and um, Denver games I want to talk about because the Grizzlies game, you know, well, for starters, this starting five can't get everything right at the same time. Like It could be Kawhi's having a good game, Paul George is having a stinker. Paul George is having a good game, Harden's having a good game, but then Kawhi's not having a good game. Westbrook's like, they can't seem to have a good game at the same time, and that's an issue, you know? And, you know, you saw a couple times Paul George lacked the aggressiveness, and some of times um, Westbrook lacks it. Like, it's, they're trying to figure out that funk, and while they're figuring out that funk, because you, you, you want to figure out that funk early, you want to get it out the way early, of course. But they don't defend, and I think that is the bigger issue than the offense because you just expect great players to figure out everything on offense, but defensively, they do not defend, and that is a big, big issue. You saw that Grizzlies game. Every time they make a run, they make a run, they make a run. They can't get a stop. They can't get a stop. And it wasn't like they were playing their starters. No, a dude named Jacob Gillard, I believe, was out there. Marcus Smart was killing them. Desmond Bain was killing them. You know, this team, Luke Kennard at times, like this team just doesn't defend. But then, you know, against Denver, they probably put their – best defensive effort out there all season. I mean, they played the best they played the best defense we've seen on Joker probably ever. You know, Joker had one of his worst offensive games. He was still able to do what he does towards the end in the clutch, but defensively they were able to get in sync. They found a little bit with uh something with PJ Tucker on the Joker, having him at the small ball five. Offensively they looked it going, but then those late fourth quarter woes that have been troubling them for the past two or three seasons happened again. They went dribble dribble pound one-on-one, didn't move the ball late in the game, choked that game essentially, didn't score. Six minutes left, they had two field goals. I think Norman Powell, and I forgot who else. I think Paul George and Norman Powell were the only ones that made another field goal. And a lot of it was just one-on-one, get the ball late in the shot clock, nine, eight seconds. Now you have to make something fast, you know, not being able to make the extra pass. It just wasn't nothing cohesive. And you brought Harden in and Westbrook to be those facilitators that get these guys involved, but it looked like a lot of the same. Now for the Clippers, for them to figure it out, it like I, I credit and I respect Westbrook for what he did. You know, he admitted like he came to the office and he was like, "Yeah, I want to come off the bench." I don't think it should have been him. I think it should have been Harden. That was the one that was like, "No, this is Westbrook. You was here first. You guys were performing. Let me come off the bench." But shout out to Westbrook. He just wants to win, as you can see. But now it's going to be interesting. You plug in T Man, who's the favorite to probably start. Let's see how interesting how this defense will look, how the lineups will look with Westbrook off the bench. But I think he's going to be fine. The question is just going to be defensively, can this team figure it out to continue to win more games? And they got Houston tonight, who's not an easy matchup we've seen. Yeah, they've been great. You know, Houston's been playing great on both sides of the ball. They're a hungry young, t- young team. They're looking like no slouches. So, you know, the Clippers got some troubles, but I think defense – communicating because even late in that Denver game you saw a lot of the things that joke they ran the same play five times a lot of it was communicating they could not communicate did not figure out switches they were getting lost in a lot of plays and then on the opposite end of offense they wasn't doing none of that they were just running one-on-one so for me defense is the biggest issue but I'm not gonna say their season's over you know I'm not gonna sit here and overreact like six games is crazy five games 0 and five without hard with Harden is insane but I think they figured something out in that Denver game, you know, and I think it can continue, but it does start tonight. Now, Jack, what do you think about the Clippers? Do you think they'll be able to figure it out? Um, I, I, I think it depends on what we mean by like figure it out with the Clippers. Do I think they're going to become 
like a top tier title contender probably not uh right now i think the focus shifts to just playing at like the level of a team that's really trying to be competitive in the postseason they haven't even gotten there yet so that's kind of the first hurdle i don't think they really have the personnel to be a good defensive team so to me what jumps out is like you want to be passable on that end, but just the idea that even with Russ on the bench, I don't feel like I'm nervous about this team sealed offensively. Uh, I feel like Kawhi has not really been what you expect him to be when he's healthy. Paul George has been good, like 25 a game on good splits. And it just, in terms of like shooter shooters, cutters around Harden, lob threats around Harden, doesn't jump out as a roster that would typically have the tools to give Harden like a top tier offense. And so that's the side of the ball that I'm more concerned about. I feel like if they can get clicking offensively, they will be able to compete in games more. I think especially down the stretch of the Denver game, you're not going to be able to guard Denver very well, but if you can get going offensively, then you can at least like try to go bar for bar with them in scoring down the stretch, which did not seem like something you were close to being capable of in that game. Now, earlier, Drew, you talked about the Clippers and you said the Denver game made you believe that you're not going to completely rule out the Clippers moving forward. For sure. So do you agree with Jack and what he's saying that Jack does not believe they, they're going to be true title contenders? Do you think they still have the potential to be two title contenders? And are you not ruling that out from them yet? Title contenders, where it stands right now, of course, is, is pretty far-fetched. But you look at the advanced number, they're top 15 in both offense and defense. Now, of course, you've been watching the games where you've mentioned defense has been a big issue for them. Kawhi Leonard has not been that same aggressive Kawhi Leonard offensively that we've known him to be since his time, of course, since becoming the, the rising star that he was in San Antonio, his, time, his one year in Toronto, and of course, his entire tenure with the Los Angeles Clippers. But again, right now, averaging 20. Decent splits for sure, 45% from the field, 40% from three. It's just he's lacking he's lacking aggression. And that also comes in due part with the the plethora of mouths that you have to feed on this offense. Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Paul George, who has been their best player so far this season. He's been awesome. You mentioned it. Bones Highland probably where he looked good in his his short amount of time before the James Harden trade. Now he's probably going to be left out of the rotation. Now it's it becomes the, the the quote unquote system that James Harden says that that he is it it, beca- it just became a little bit much more of a headache for this Los Angeles Clippers team. But watching this Denver Nuggets game, there were some positives to take away from it. The offense looked solid, and again, this is with Kawhi Leonard not looking or not being at the the Kawhi Leonard level that we know defensively. It seemed as if they were their most sound, but that's also a Denver Nuggets team that did not have Jamal Murray either. So I'm not going to rule it out because at least there's some type of direction. You're moving Russell Westbrook to the bench to now work with the second unit. Now there'll be more so having James Harden working with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard trying to get them in their spots. I still believe that this team can be great just for the fact that this team has so much talent. Title contenders is tough. I think they're better than what their 3-7 and record shows. It's just going to be a matter of time until... Kawhi Leonard turns on the switch and becomes the dominant force that we know he can be. But he needs to do it. He can't just be be trying to cater to James Harden now that he's on his team and he's going to have the ball in his hands or Paul George who's killing in his own right. 
Kawhi should be the best player on this team, and he needs to assert himself as such. It was interesting to see down the stretch of that game, too, that Ty Lue stayed small. Um, I was curious because Jokic was struggling for majority of this game um, by Jokic standards, that is, you know, efficiency-wise. But down the stretch, <laughs> they were going through Jokic, and, and he was basically killing yeah, those final Paul couple George minutes of the game. Yeah, you you were looking, and you're like, why is, switches, why is Ty Lue, you know, not have Zubac out there? He put P.J. Tucker in, and like you said, it was Paul George, it was P.J. Tucker. But regardless, Jokic is, is just too big and too dominant that Zubac is not going to be able to do a ton, but I think he's going to have a better chance than some of those other guys. So it was a bit curious to see Ty Lue run that line about there. I know Ty Lue, small balls his game. He's kind of saying if we're going to go down what, with what I think is our best five out there. Um, but even this five, right, with uh, Westbrook, Hart, and all of these guys, 58 minutes, negative 14 net rating, uh, offensive rating of 90, defensive rating of 104. It, it hasn't been the prettiest. Um, but I do think there's there's kind of two different sides. When you're spe specifically looking at that Denver game, on one side, you went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the championship contenders, right? And for all of these games that you lost, like Grizzlies, the one that sticks out, probably the worst team in the NBA right now, you have to hold your high there. Even without Jamal Murray, they have the continuity, they have the coaching, they have the best player on the planet. So you could look at that game saying, this might be a step in the right direction. But I do think staggering these four guys, Harden, Westbrook, Paul George, and Kawhi, is ultimately going to lead to more success because I don't think having all four of them on the court at the same time is... I know the saying is there's only one ball out there, but there was times even down the stretch of that game where two minutes left, I'm seeing Harden do a pick and roll, and I'm seeing Kawhi standing in the corner. I'm like, I want Kawhi or Paul George to have this ball. James Harden's fantastic in his own right, yeah. but I want I want these guys to be closing the game in the final couple of minutes. So I think over time, they're going to need continuity. They're going to need playing time to figure this out, but I think ultimately staggering these four guys, and Ty Lue's going to have to figure out what that perfect combination is come fourth quarter, come crunch time, um, whether that's having Westbrook on the bench, which would probably be my uh, my guess, um, just from a, a, a spacing aspect. Um, but overall, you have to believe in the talent. But I, I side with you guys. I don't think this team is going to be championship contender worthy, but they should be better than, you know, the 0-5 the they've been with Harden. Tyron Lue said that this is going to be the hardest coaching job of his career. And makes sense. I recently saw a tweet from Sauce Gardner when – the James Harden trade first went down, and the tweet was, now James Harden is joining Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Russell Westbrook. This is why I don't watch the NBA anymore. And I thought it was hilarious because it's it's funny, the outsider perspective on these players are still that they're all at the top of their powers, at the peak of their powers, and that's just not the case anymore. James You're Harden... Sauce a casual? Sauce is a casual <laughs> Watch games, Sauce, please. Oh, my God. James Harden is not who he once was. That explosiveness driving to the basket, the ability to penetrate the defense, he can't do it like he once could do it. And right now, I think he's good at it. He's not great or phenomenal at it. Russell Westbrook is not the same player. Kawhi Leonard, it, it feels like he looks a step slow. Mm -hmm. it, it feels like those knees are catching up to him, unfortunately. But Kawhi Leonard's not dominating. He's not playing at a top 10 level this year. And that's the version of Kawhi Leonard that the Clippers ultimately signed up for and traded for when they brought him to the Clippers. Paul George has been this team's best player. And I just think with all of these players trying to fit in with each other, you're just asking them to do it in too short of amount of time. Usually when you build a super team like this, it takes a while for these players to mesh more than one season. So we're asking these players to buy in when 
Westbrook's on a one-year deal, I believe. I don't think he, he's committed. Yeah, they're all on one-year deals, so they're all of all, them. That's actually crazy. Yes. Oh, Paul George and Kawhi are probably going to decline the player. They're going to think they would get more money in the And that's uh, a freeze. fantastic point. These are all players that are on one-year deals. They can all leave the Clippers after the season. Kawhi and Paul George have player options, but with James Harden, he's an unrestricted free agent. Ru- Russell Westbrook, unrestricted free agent. So you're talking about your four best players are not even bought it and committed on a contractual level for multiple years on end. I just think that it was trending this way before they got hardened, that this was going to be a failed super team experiment between Kawhi and Paul George, whatever it may be, choking in the bubble, injuries after that when Paul George led him to the WCF. I just think this experiment is gearing up to be one of the biggest failures in NBA history. Can I ask you a question before we move on? And I I don't mean this to go into too much of a back and forth. Before you ask, I do want to say also, I think this could – Probably be the last year of Ty Lue. Okay. And, and I think, because you got to think. They if, reset. Yeah, if you reset, you're not going to reset with Ty Lue, in my opinion. I think if those four go, you're probably going to be like, all right, Ty Lue go, can Why go Why not too. reset with Ty Lue? Because I think they'll go into a rebuild, and I don't think Ty Lue is a rebuilding coach. I think he's a okay. coach that you, if you have a team that is um, there to win, I think he's your type of guy. Like, I don't I don't think. Yeah. I guess he hasn't been put in that type of situation. Yeah, for the for most part, he's know, been. Though. Yeah, no, I agree. But I think I think him personally, too, he, he wouldn't want to sit here and be mm-hmm. here for a rebuild, in my opinion. I think he would want to go somewhere else. Like, I think he's one of those guys where it's like, if these four go out the window, I don't want to be here for long. Because the, the Clippers rebuild is going to take some time. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't going to be a short. If they make it a short rebuild, shout out to fucking them. They don't but have this, their picks out. Yeah, this is going to be a long rebuild. <laughs> so, I think, I don't think, like, I think they want to go in a different direction. So, what I was going to ask is, maybe we can get on the same page. Because where you mentioned super teams, and it's, it's kind of too little time for them to mesh together. We've seen some super teams put together in an off season, they struggle in the first month of the of the of the basketball season, and then around December we really start to see them hit their stride and get going. Uh, of course, the Heatles come to mind where they struggled in that first that first year, and then I'm talking about the 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 big three over in Cleveland as well. It's just you have this great amount of talent. How are we going to put it together? I feel like the difference in this situation would be where we can meet in the middle. Is th- these guys are older. And they're mm. not the same players that they once were back in the day where you look at these other super teams, maybe outside of the Suns acquiring Kevin Durant last year where Kevin Durant mm. did play and they looked like they had been playing together the entire season. I'm talking Book and KD, but maybe that's more so based think, on no. their game ty- their game styles. But with this situation, I still don't want to use time as a factor because I still think that there's time in the season. We're only 10, 11 games into the year where we can really evaluate this team and this quote-unquote super team together. But again, I think let's let's give them some time to work together, understand that these guys haven't played with four guys that need the ball this much in an offense. I mean, I don't know if we've seen an offense yeah. or a team that needs a bo- that has a team that their four best players all need the ball in their hand to succeed. So I think that I'm going to I did get- want to ask you guys mm-hmm. about that is just I don't like the idea that there is only one ball in uh, Phoenix or something like that because that's three guys who I feel pretty confident in sharing the basketball. And nobody on the Clippers jumps out to me as someone who's bad at passing. Uh, But it does feel like a team where all four guys aren't particularly strong off-ball players. And when you combine that with the fact that for this team – 
at any point in the future to have a championship caliber season is at that point relying on six straight weeks of healthy Kawhi Leonard. Like that's a baseline necessity for this team to win a title and probably James Harden not majorly regressing at any point in the playoffs. Both of those things would need to happen in addition to somebody uh, like any of these four players, probably Paul George or Kawhi, really flourishing in an off-ball role. It just feels like a lot of stuff that even in like a multiple-year time frame is way – it's not guaranteed at all. Yeah, and I think the thing is, like to to answer your question, because I think both of you made some good points – the thing with why they brought in Westbrook to play with Paul George is because they had that familiarity in, in OKC. OKC. Mm-hmm. Paul George wasn't – he was mainly on ball, but he did have some off-ball work in Oklahoma City, and he did thrive in it when he had the opportunities. Westbrook was bringing the ball. He was coming off pin downs and sets, and Paul George was playing fine. And I think – Had you, one of his best seasons Yeah, ever. And, I, and I think you mentioned it. Like, he – like, none, none of these guys are particularly strong at it. They need the ball at it. And you, 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 not only do you need six weeks of straight Kawhi, you need six weeks of Paul George too to be healthy. Because if ne- if one or either sure. one goes down, there's zero chance that this team can come out the West. There's already a struggle to come out the West or even get out the first or second round because you can play Phoenix, who can match you talent for talent. You can play Denver, who can match you talent for talent. Like there's teams in the West, Minnesota, the Lakers. Like there's teams in the West that even though you got these big four, you can still get matched talent for talent. So it's and really they're all deeper. Yeah, and they're deeper, like deeper. They're they're, they're um they, they have bigs. more continuity. <laughs> they got bigs like, and that's why the thing which you said, I think it's different than the Heatles because they had. Uh, they they went to Bahamas, but that's why I said it's the age difference. Even the LeBron thing, like they had a, a off season together. Like with the Cleveland, they had an off season together. This team was a different team two weeks ago. Like they had mm. four or five games of a different team. Then you bring in Harden. It's like okay, wait a minute. We was just hooping with Westbrook's our guy, Kawhi and PG. Now we bring in a whole new guy. Not middle of the season, but we were kind of it's four er- games. That's in. why it's early. It's uh, let's give them until December, January sure. to really but say, are, yo, this yeah. team's chopped. Losing to the Grizzlies is crazy. So though. do you think there's any world because we've discussed this? I think when we had OG on that the Clippers are going to feel some pressure. New arena building next year, right? If this just goes to shit. I'm sitting here thinking, I don't even know if they, it, will Steve Ballmer even make that decision to say, listen, we tried, we're sitting February, we're five games under 500 for them to even make that move. Because I think the worst thing they can do is they have this team, it doesn't work out. Again, I'm with you, Drew, it's too early, but in this hypo- hypothetical situation, it doesn't work out. And to sit at the deadline, have all of these great assets and not move them. Now, I think again, great. it's too early. Uh, one of your contracts, you can be problem. able to. I think one of your contracts, yeah. teams are going to be more willing to be like, we don't have to make a long-term but commitment this, this for this one-year contract, reliability, injuries. Like, I don't know who would trade for a, like, degenerating knee Kawhi right now, you know? I think a lot of teams would trade for I, I don't know. Like, and it's not even a lot of teams with enough market to even give that up. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's what's his trade value. I think the, teams Knicks, would trade I for think the Knicks would chop at the bits to trade for Kawhi. Teams would trade for him. The Knicks is a fair one. Teams would want Kawhi, but, you, but, but, you, but here's the thing. Why would you, why would the There's, Knicks... It, it's tough. Why would the Knicks give up a lot to bring in Kawhi on a one-year deal, which we all know with Kawhi, you will never, ever figure out what he's going to do for next offseason. Because that's a gamble. It's a big gamble. So, and a guy who hasn't played in a postseason, a full postseason, in two to three years. Am I, crazy? Three years. am I crazy for saying that, let's say this hypothetical scenario does exist. Am I crazy for saying the Knicks would be like, well, we'll give you R.J. Barrett in like two first. You think, that that's the thing. Do you think the Clippers would even accept that? I think they would. That's not a bad deal. I think, I think, that's, I think probably that's a great deal. around what it's going to be for oh, Kawhi, who's disgusting. just like, 
Is that the money you, even work? Let me. You can't on. get healthy Kawhi. Inspo. Yeah, and I think at the, for the Knicks, it's like we are going to be stuck as a middle of the pack playoff team for years, and we have to wait for a superstar to become available. Why not take the gamble if the opportunity presents itself? Just hopefully Kawhi's healthy for a postseason. Yeah, the off chance he does, know. that's going to be your best chance, most likely. But again, I, I, I want to stay in the present. So but but oh Knicks fans are going to be mad at Just me. Just like all of the- so let's see. Let's Knicks see. fans are going to be like, you know, RJ Barrett's been playing as good as Kawhi this year, so <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't trade him. Yeah, nah. but that doesn't work. How much? Uh, how much offer there? I mean, Knicks got contracts. You could put in Fournier in there. RJ's not getting paid. I don't think they were cross the, the they were cross the tax apron. Which one? The third. Therefore, this oh, trade the is not possible. Remove eleven million. Yeah, re- remove eleven million of incoming value to remain below the hard cap. Yeah, I, I couldn't even do it. Well, That's for RJ and, and anyway. Kawhi straight up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I know, but yeah. we'd have to offer something I hate more. The, oh, it's the fucking apron hard cap. What the, what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> Stupid. Come on, bro. It's about bringing. Competitive I got, I got him bringing up the trade the machine end. now. I got Kawhi yeah. in his mind on the. I Knicks. definitely <laughs> do got this trade machine up right now. Let me see if I could share my screen because it would make it much more helpful if I could. Let me add somebody, maybe. I do think it'd be very funny if, like, through all of the jersey edits the Knicks have ever gotten, got it. they wind up with, like, it. Brunson, Randall, and 33-year-old Kawhi. If you had Evan Fournier, like, it works. That's, yeah, that's what I was going to say. With. Yeah, if you had Evan Fournier, this trade 100%. That, two first-rounders, RJ. Evan Fournier is not on the team, bro. I don't want... What, what the Knicks? He's not on the Knicks, bro. What? I swear to God, that, he's not on the Knicks. You're oh, wait, he is. I was, was going to say, say what? I was saying, I'm going to say something, bro. The bro doesn't even know his own team. Because he said that to me. I was like, am I getting caught on cash? He doesn't know his own team. I was just like, what? Jack, having Randall as my third best player, not the worst thing I've ever heard, especially. That's the best way for him. It is. But the thing is, Jalen Brunson Kawhi. I feel as if that Julius Randle in this disgusting situation would have to find a way to initiate and get virtually Brunson. I'll be honest, Brunson's cool. Jalen Brunson, Kawhi, Randle, that's virtually no playmaking. No, the best playmaker of the three would be what? Julius? Yeah, it'd be Randle. It'd be Randle. That's like, (laughs) ah, that means he needs the ball. That would be disgusting. Oh, my God. Evan Fournier has not played a minute since... October. He's 18th. been upset about and it. Why the hell are you including him? I'm in this surprised trade he even played this year. I'll be honest. <laughs> for the money. The money has <laughs> I know, to work. I know. Yeah. That was that opening night. The That opening night. The Knicks night. The Celtics. He played. Oh, yeah. Okay. Was no, no. It was the fourth game of the year. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, they called him a Celtics killer because I think he was. And well, he he always played. kills yeah, us. He was terrible for us. I have no idea, bro. So you would do that? You would just try it? I guess I would try it. It can't hurt. Yes. Protected picks, you know. Next fans will be mad though, because they don't want to give up on Ar- Sarge Barrett. Why would you know? but why would the the Clippers accept protected picks when they don't have any? Because if not, you're probably just going to lose him. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he would. I don't know if he would leave. I think he likes the it's Clippers. Possible because he yeah he wanted to be in L. A. Well, if so the, if in this know. world, the reason I brought it up is because you're saying that um you know you don't know what you're going to get year to year from the offseason from Kawhi, and if they blow it up and reset everything, why would they want Kawhi back? Doesn't he have a no trade clause? That I don't know. No, I'm saying, well, but if the Clippers want to rebuild, I don't think they would go, all right, we'll take RJ. Fournier's contract's up soon, but now you want to protect your picks? We need something. I'm protected first. Yeah, at least one. You know, like at least like, at least throw one of them bad boys unprotected. You know, like give them some because they don't have they don't have shit. Yeah. What's the likelihood that Kawhi just calls a quits after this year? Very high. It's every year. Think like retires or something? Yeah. Yes. Because he said he, he only wants to play in LA. 
And if the Clippers are going to be a bad team. He's for sure. And the Lakers yeah. don't have the, the money yeah. to go get him. I don't even think he wants to play for yeah, Unless he goes to the Kings. Men to the Lakers. Yeah, I don't think he wants to Kawhi play the to the Kings or Kawhi to... Jack, you have my attention. You ought to go to the He wants to live in I'm LA. I'm listening. Listen, Jack, I don't know if you know <laughs> this, but I'm a slut for any good player coming to the Lakers. Anyone and anyone, if no, you I are good. I could tell good. when you said Lonzo come back to the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, I kind of I love Lonzo. Lonzo was fun. He was fun. And he was great. A great defensive player. He played hard and knew how to playmake. Hopefully he's back next year, LeBron. Hopefully he's healthy. You know, when it comes to the Clippers, I think the biggest problem with them is continuity. This next thing we're going to talk about is heavy on continuity. Sure. They've been to multiple Eastern Conference finals, even when they weren't predicted to go team. there. It's the Miami Heat. They're oh, on a seven-game like, win about? streak. Right now, they are 8-4. and four. They're third in the Eastern Conference. And last year, they were the eighth seed. They barely made the playoffs. But the season before that, they were the first seed. And I think the Miami Heat deserves some flowers because – they do call me the most unbiased analyst in the world. And By the they, reason means your Twitter bio. They call me that is because I'm unbiased <laughs> about the biggest storylines that pertain to the NBA and NFL, of course, and any sport or any topic I'm talking about. Get to it. When it comes to the Miami Heat, they lost Gabe <laughs> Vincent, who's been a complete negative for the Lakers. He's Max hurt. Drews, Jesus Christ. What, when no, he's before playing, he wasn't he was, playing. He was, he was, he was right. terrible. He was not good. Yeah, no, he has stunk this season. <laughs> When it comes to Max Drews, he's playing well in Cleveland. He's hoping. But 34% three-point shooter. The reascension of Duncan Robinson has allowed that Max Drews leaving to kind of cancel out. And I, I love the players that are stepping up. Josh Richardson is playing good defense. The stats aren't really showing his impact. Hawkes has really been playing well for them as a rookie. And I think we're getting the leap from Bam Adebayo this year, which is huge because he his passing has gotten better. His mid-range shot has gotten better. His aggression has gotten better. His rebound has gotten better. And Duncan Robinson, I just really want to make this a Duncan Robinson-oriented thing because he's really having a career year. He's averaging almost 15 a game. But so you said I, look, nothing about Wait, because I know y'all are going to talk about Bam. But when it I comes, was going to talk about Hamid. I was going to talk about Hawkes, who has really, no, really Duncan been Robinson good. Duncan Robinson has been cooking. Duncan he Robinson has, has been has. their third. No, it's, just, it's just awkward I saying. I want to only talk about Duncan Duncan Robinson. Robinson has been the third best player. He's been... He's been very good. I'm fine with, and Tyler Hero's not, absence yeah, yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, he's yeah. been the third best. No, it's just like hearing. I want to just talk three about straight, strictly Duncan Robinson. <laughs> three straight <laughs> points. It's just funny. Three hey, straight listen, games of twenty. We're not shit talking. No, we're not saying it's a bad. It's just funny you. hearing. It is all. funny. That's it. We're not shit talking. You. It is silly. No, I know you're not shit talking. I'm just saying you better respect Duncan Robinson. Oh, you don't even respect the Heat. You know what? I just told you I respect the Heat. They call me the most unbiased innocent. I said I got to give them the flowers. Wait till April comes around. When it comes to next month, Duncan Robinson tripling his two point attempts. His career by like his career average, career high field goal percentage at the rim, at floaters, career high usage as a pick and roll ball handler. He's really getting to his spots in a mid range in the basket. My He's improved as real. a passer. I think his ascension <laughs> has really led the Heat to not miss the players they lost in free agency. And when I look at this team and look at the continuity of them, the East doesn't feel too crowded. You know, I think the Celtics are overwhelming with talent. I don't trust the Bucks. I know that they have Giannis and Dame, but that defense to me feels very unfixable. This is a top two team in the East for you? I think the Miami Heat are a top two team in the East. Yeah. I know this I know the Sixers from a talent perspective, they they are a bit more talented, but Time there's always an asterisk 
when it comes to the Sixers in the playoffs. I think the Miami Heat, they could be oh in the Eastern Conference Finals again. Oh they could God. be. I mean, okay, seven straight wins. How many bottom five net rating teams do you think they, they played? They played the Wizards, the Hornets, the they Grizzlies. Played, they played Spurs. four of the yep. bottom five. They, <laughs> they beat the Hornets, the Grizzlies, the Wizards, and the Spurs yep. in this seven-game stretch. And then it was also the Lakers, who, I mean, I'm sorry. I don't think they're that good Jack, or have been this careful. season. And then the the win against Atlanta. And I the like. Nets. And the win, against, the win against the Nets was pretty impressive, but, like, as a run, I think these are mostly teams that I would expect like a mid-tier playoff team to be able to handle. I think Robinson has been really good, and I like you have to beat the bad teams. So seven games straight against any level of competition is impressive to some degree. I'm not going to overreact to this though. I think top two team in the East is <laughs> right now. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yes. Who's the two teams though, Jack? You gotta respect I mean, right, the Bucks. The we just started the Sixers playing great too. Why, why do we gotta respect the Bucks? Harden leaves and you're just uh, the they Sixers just lost in the first now. round to the Heat. Why st- do we gotta respect? Because they you? still have a really good record. Well, the Giannis was hurt. Giannis, that's exactly. Different. That's different. That, that's that, different. That, that's that's right. so different. Oh my god. <laughs> we could have so Noah Drew. We should have a debate. Just you talking from last April and you talking right now about the Heat. You know, like the Stephen A. One. Do that with you right now, bro. The Bucks don't scare me. They, they don't, don't scare anybody. But at the same time, you do have Giannis and Dave. So that's it. Because He's, the Heat are the best team at guarding Giannis. I know he had great numbers versus them in the playoff series. Oh, them fourth quarters, please. And they, they don't they have choke. But they also don't have anybody on the Heat that can guard Damian Lillard. Jimmy Butler. He probably won't guard. Uh, to put him on yeah, game a whole crit, series. And I trust I trust the Heat to design a defensive zone, game. They'll zone plan. up. The, Again, that's, the that, that's, yeah. that's a fact. Trust, bro. That's a fact. I'm I'm a, I'm a leave Malik Beasley wide open. I don't care. You're fried. You're not kicking an argument for me there. You know, Spo has to get investigated. Eric Spolcher has to get investigated. The like shit he's he, cheating? The shit he yeah, does yeah, yeah, with yeah, these yeah, players yeah. when voodoo, dudes, like, it's some voodoo. Like, they must run it. They run a different pro because it doesn't matter who he has. Need LeBron to go back. This man. team is Hell always no. good. This team is always competing. Dudes cannot play. Like, Tyler Harrell was supposed to be a guy when you miss him. It's like, all right, we miss him significantly. Yeah. Yeah, it's so like I, Jimmy Butler was missing some score. games, and they're like, ah, we're, okay, we'll be fine. It's like, this shit is insane. Um. You mentioned a lot of good things. Duncan Robinson's been hooping. Bam Adebayo. I already, I already knew the Ascension would be here. You know, he's one of the best bigs in the world. Um, Jimmy Butler, he just had 34 against uh, the back Brooklyn back Nets. Back-to-back 30 games. Yeah, he's, he's been hooping back to back to his vibe. And then Jaime Hakez, man, as a rookie, just coming in and bringing that heat expectation, bringing that discipline, bringing that game. Like, he's been good. And then, you know, they got other guys, too. Josh Richardson, uh, Drew Smith. Um, there's there's another guy Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant's been like they have guys that just come in, fill and roll. They play well together. The continuity is really big over there in Miami. And when they play together, that's a hard team to beat. Seven games, like uh, like Joe Starr mentioned, seven games is impressive. No matter who you play, second best team in the East. I'm not gonna go that far. It's Who's still, better? It's just really early. I, I saw the, the topic Celtics list. I saw yeah. the topic list, and I said, Ah, yeah. he's it's, gonna say it's just the it's not it's not about it's not to me. It's not about who's better. It's just it's too early to really define who's the best team, who's not. They've been hooping for sure. You give him that credit, but it's still time to figure things out. The Bucks could still figure things out. You know. The Pacers have been hooping. The Hawks have been hooping. There's a couple teams. Pacers that have been not hooping. better than the Heat. Though. Listen, I'm not going to say they're not. I'm not going to say they're playoff say series. You're probably yeah, taking. I'm going to take the Heat, but I'm saying other and I teams. Love have, the Pacers. Other teams have been hooping. You give Miami their credit. I don't want to sit there and call it. Give them a tag so early. It's Let me November. ask you a question, Rip. 
because before the show started, I said how hey, I, I I was watching Heat games all day today. You said I probably could have stopped after the second one, just for the fact of you know how they're going to play. They play the exact same way every single time they're on a basketball court. Now, let me ask you: Is it because they're boring to watch that you feel this way? No, I'm saying if you go if you if you doing film analysis, you don't need to watch seven games of Miami to figure out what they're finna do. No, it's, it's you can not figure difficult. out their tendencies so about three to four games. Agreed. So get, they, get Jimmy it, on the block, let him do yeah, what he wants uh, to do. And defensively, they they played the same way yep. from majority of the Spoke tenure. So it's like that's not, it's not that they're boring; they're fun, but they're also an easy no, team boring. to, to oh, figure they out. Boring. They are a little boring. I'm not they're saying that boring. you're. Uh, I mean, if it's they not play like if they play Boston, it's a fun game. They I play the Bucks. It's a fun game. You know, here, here's a difference. Going on the other side of the book, because Boston, with all due respect, they're a fun team to watch. Also, yes. when they play Miami, it's always it's, it's static. You're right. Yeah. Fair enough. Here's yeah. where I disagree with what your point right here about how it's too early to label a team. You can feel that way all you want. You're entitled to your own opinion. But I think <laughs> when it comes when it comes to Damn. teams that have shown us a history, there is some truth to what they're doing. If this is a brand new team, like if this is the Pacers on a seven game win streak, they're top three in the East right now. And I'm saying, I April think the, Joel I, would be screaming. I think, at I think you. the Pacers are a top two team in the East. That would be overreactionary. Where did you have Where did you have Miami to start the season? Shit, eight seed. I had them making the playoffs as six seed. Okay, okay, now they're the second best team. Yes, but I had them. So then you didn't that's even. Okay. That's wait, wait, okay. hold up. That's that's okay. You didn't even. Hold up. You didn't even believe what you just said just hold now, because you hold knew up. they were going to play the same that's, way coming into such, this year. There's such a difference to what I'm saying, though. Just because I have, we know when it comes to the Heat, the regular season, they're going to be a lower seed than what we expect them to do come playoff. Time. He's right. You clearly didn't know that, though. I had them as yes, a five I seed because I felt as if they couldn't just do what they did last year again. I had them as a top six. Having that high. I, I, had them as, like a seven I had them as a top six seed, but you also have to remember versus they teams started the in front of them. I thought four. they could beat them. They, they went did. on a little bit of a heater, but the teams that they lost to in that one and four start, they lost to the Celtics, they lost to the Timberwolves, lost to the Bucks, and they also this, lost this to is, the Nets. This is, this is, who they just struggled with. It, this is it last this is, night. This is my whole thing because this shit, this shit happens every year. We get to into the basketball world. We go, the season starts. God, I, I just we, can't help but laugh. We we, we have the season starts. And also, before you go, Jaime Jaquez. Jaime. Jaime. Jaime Jaquez. He knows how to play basketball. He's he's the Keegan like, Murray. He he, he knows he knows how opinion. to play basketball. I, I think you know I was a little bit critical of the pick. A little because I thought they should have drafted Cam Whitmore, but to be fair, we said fits, that about eight teams. He fits the Heat culture to a T, and that's my Central American brother from he's from Mexico. He's a Mexican American basketball player. I respect that. So oh, so that Jaquez. your brother. Central American brother, wow. brother. Salvador. Oh, so this Central is, this American is your guy. Brother. This is my guy. That. Wow. Hawkins. So he's a Jaime Hawkins guy now. <laughs> Once again, UCLA. Come on, what are you talking about? Here? What does that have to do with anything? No clue. He, he didn't even know out. about him until last year. Um, oh, no, you're crazy. You know about how many years he was there? He was there for four Isn't years. Okay. Oh, is it four? And it was it was, it was, it was the third year where he made the yeah. tournament and yes, he yes. beat Gonzaga yes. or he faced Gonzaga. It was yes, one of those. Come on, bro. What are you talking about? Um, I'm locked in. So what do you think? He's Keegan Murray. That's a good take. No, he's not as good as Keegan Murray. He's not. He's, I'm not no, saying. No, I'm saying like the, in terms of the arc. I get what you're saying. That he's ready. Like he's an older player. Yeah, yeah, and you know yes. what you also said? Yeah. You said yeah. a player this season in this draft that could help a team immediately. You mentioned Derek Lively. I think Jaime's in that conversation yes, too. Yes, 100%. We start the NBA season. We have our little fun in the offseason. <laughs> then October starts. Teams play well. Then November starts. 
He does this every year. It never fails that when we have an NBA season, he does this never every year. Never forget the Bulls apology. When, when in November and December, he jumps the gun. And we always tell him every year, don't jump the gun. Just wait, <laughs> relax. You really you, are. You don't need to jump the gun. <laughs> we always tell him this it's every the year. the same guy that said that oh, Zach cocaine, Levine cocaine, and DeMar cocaine. DeRozan are better than Giannis in a playoff series. You said the Bulls. Oh my Bulls God! Would beat I the said Bucks that in, in January, in February. So you overreacted like fuck. I overreacted like one time. Okay. You're his, January, the, the Bulls February. Also his team, to be fair, you overreact so early, so fast with almost everything, and it's like right we don't we, we don't need to do that. The Heat is not an overreaction though. I think the Heat, like I said, it's not that much they, of an overreaction. They have, They've went they have a proven track history of I, their I, success. I mean, not. Uh, I agree. They've made the conference finals three the last four years. Their best win this season, arguably Lakers. The Lakers is was a great win. You know, Cam Reddish folded by missing that three late. And in ever the game. since, I'm happy he missed that three. But I think Jesus it's a, it's about the things happening around the Heat. Where I think What's this happening? year that's never happened before. I think the role players this year compared to last year are a bit better. Oh, for sure, I think they're a bit better. And I think getting a Bam out of bio leap is very helpful for them. Like I said, the Celtics from a talent perspective, we respect them as the best team in the East. If the Sixers and the Heat matched up in the playoffs, I don't think you're taking Philadelphia. You're telling me, do I get? I would take Miami. Did I go? Do I go? I'm not. But if you, but my, you're not taking Miami. I would take Miami. So, 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 so what? Not right now. So when it comes to the Heat being a top two team in the East, it's really the second spot because we know number one is Boston. The but second the, spot is no, between because who? the Miami. Sixers. The only reason I would take Miami because I don't know how Tyrese Maxey looks as a number two in a playoff series. I know how he looked as a number three next to Harden, and well. this team is different. Like this, my, this Sixers team is different. It is. C- they can change my mind down Lou the Brown road. On the court it too. Should he be. Could be on the court. It should be. Yeah, this team yeah, can know, change my I mind. I know they can change your mind, but I'm saying the Heat have a proven track record of. Just being a high quality basketball team Wait, and a playoff team. They've they've like, done this for four years. I know they've done Joel's it for four right. years. No, I he, agree. What he's saying is one hundred percent. So so sound. but like I said, the second spot is really between the Sixers and the Bucks, right? You, That's really what it is. Would you feel this way if they weren't on the seven game win streak? If they were just five hundred no, teams, one not. or two games? Because right now they're just shooting their mind at like to be fair. Jimmy Butler's shooting almost fifty percent from three during this win streak. Yeah, they're the third best crazy. shooting team in the league. Like yes. we talked about I mean, we try to bury them every single year, try doing it again, but they go on these stretches where they shouldn't be playing this well. They shouldn't be shooting this well. And this is, again, their third best true shooting percentage over the last seven games. I don't even think we shooting. tried to bury them. We just thought they would coast throughout the regular season. I would have still felt the same way because when it comes to the Heat, I just think that I know what I'm going to get from them. That's why I. it's easy for me to trust them. From Milwaukee, Giannis and Dame, yes, that's an explosive offensive pairing duo, and Giannis is a great defender, but... Their defense on they the perimeter questions. is very questionable. Questions. Like I, I don't, I can't trust the Bucks. Like I, I have to see a stretch from them with this new revamped roster of them playing defense at a high level. Because the Miami Heat in the playoffs last year were able to exploit their defense, and they had Drew Holiday. Can I ask you a question? Uh, a little bit unrelated, but related. At its core, why do you trust the Dallas Mavericks? Because of Luca. But make it broader. It's really because of Luca <laughs> and the I'm offense. Trying to make it broader. <laughs> it's really because of Luca. It's the offense, right? Yes. You're high on them because of the offense. Yes, right. You you think that they could be a contender to make the Western Conference Finals because of their offense? Is that not the same thing with the Milwaukee Bucks? I think, as an offensive engine, I know what Dame is. Giannis is not a top five, top ten offensive engine in the league. 
you still can get to 30 any given night. Every offense that he's been a part of has not been a top five offense in the league. And they're still able to score points and get it done. Yes. Be, but, but he also hasn't but, had a Damian Lillard next to him. Yes. What has won them playoff series has been elite defense. Like Giannis is not a top 10 offensive engine. Like if you're building your team around an offensive player, I don't think Giannis goes within like the first five picks. I understand. So I think. But you also his, have Dame. His weaknesses are it's not very, just Giannis. I know. Giannis's weaknesses are very exploitable in the playoffs. And Dame, getting him helps, but the defensive vulnerabilities with him, I think there's a big question mark around that. But the defense isn't just bad because Damian Lillard's on the team. And also, No, it's not. It's, it's, it's a multiple. It's, it's a lot of people. Rib is right. It's a lot of people. And but coaching. also, yes, and coaching. Um, when it comes to Dallas, though, I trust them at a like at a floor. Did we get that? But right now, I said you trust Dallas because oh, of their offense. Okay, okay, okay. But right, but, and but th- we know that Dallas's defense can be fraudulent. Okay. But right now, I would not feel comfortable in saying that you know the Mavericks can make the Western Conference Finals. I think the West is loaded. The East, it's it's very clear cut in the East. It's the clear in, in the East. We know what the matchup in the Eastern Conference Finals probably should be. Maybe, maybe not. In the West, I think it's very up in the air. Like, if, if I today yeah. would be like, the Heat and the Celtics are in the Eastern Conference Finals, you would not be shocked. But I think Any West, team in the West, if I said, you'd probably be like, uh, nah, a lot I, of things got to go West, right I now. I think, think we all come to Denver. Denver's going to be Denver there. Who's the second team? Who's the second team? We don't know. That's why it's but I think I think that second team in the East could also, it could still be the Bucks If the Sixers continue to play like this, they could finally get over that hump. Like, I still think there's probably three teams in the East that you're saying outside of Boston could get to that. That, uh, you see yeah, it? I think Miami would be the favorite, but you wouldn't be surprised if Philly's in there or if um, the Bucks are in there. I but like Philly. It depends I, on the matchup because Miami could if Miami and Boston play in the second round, yeah. then it's like we're waiting yeah, for one of those teams. Yeah, you know. If so. I'm ranking the, the East teams right now from just what I'm seeing right now, I think it is Boston, it is Miami, Philly, and then it is the Bucks, Bucks number four. I mean, if you talk about right now, the Bucks don't look better than the Pacers, so. I know, but I'm just saying, trusting them like in totality. They're still able to win some ball games, though. They have because they have games. Also, missed a handful of games because it's Giannis yeah. and Dame. Games missed a handful. So has Giannis. But in both of their absence, so what are we going to talk about? Dame being a free, free throw merchant. <laughs> okay, so not, talk about that guy oh, in Philly early, first. Early in kinda, the season, kind of true. But also, when it comes to the when it comes to the Bucks, it's it's other concerns outside of just the duo and the defense. I mean, Chris Middleton. His health is yeah. not getting any better. Also, you can talk about Brooke Lopez and how he's not been nowhere near the defender that he was last year. They're changing up the scheme. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really the, the biggest thing. He is old. And he's he, old. He looks old. He he looks he's like old. 35. He, he looks, that's one thing about Milwaukee that jumps off the screen to me is that they look like they do not like to run and transition a lot of the time, which is hard to maximize Giannis's offense when you're a team that doesn't want to do that. That's pretty clearly where he's the best and so like i don't know just the way some of the guys get up and down the floor is a little bit intimidating and damn i'm kind of like joel's pulling me over because if they go into like a playoff series milwaukee miami spolstra is running circles around what is it, adrian, adrian griffin, griffin. In milwaukee yeah. he i mean he's getting blown up if they go at it in a coaching battle like that's not even i mean he went in the same he probably win coaches. every coaching battle in the league he best. would that's the right. only one i'm not mad at yeah, him saying any of this he had a gap. no he destroyed uh he destroyed adrian griffin the only thing is i'm here laughing just because i know your history with miami heat i sit here and i'm, I'm enjoying they listening got to the one and it moved me now in, in all seriousness <laughs> in, in all seriousness um gotta live up to my mantra man what's your mantra 
unbiased flip aside? Oh, my fault. He was uh, Mr. Unbiased NS in the world. So what was going on uh, last playoffs? You were being unbiased? I really thought they were going to lose. So I wasn't not, me being Every un- time? I, I thought the Knicks would beat them in the playoff series. I you did. thought after they beat the Bucks, you genuinely believed the Knicks crazy. would beat them. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. I thought, the, thought Knicks the Knicks would Knicks beat them. Knicks were going to beat them? I mean, yes. Yes. Play, Knicks were playing good I, basketball. They, were they, playing up, good they basketball. upset Cleveland, they were, they were too. Like, no, like, dominated Cleveland. Can't shockingly. even hate on that. Yeah. I was, I was Cleveland under... Cleveland doesn't have heart to go on the board yes. like that. Yes. I was under the assumption that the Heat's first round win against the Bucks. Was, was super fluky. Also shooting. Crazy. So that's why after they won, I was like, I think the Knicks win. And then versus Boston, you know, the Celtics had more talent, but the Heat are just a better coach basketball team. And they were up 3-0. They, you know, made it a seven-game series. Twisted ankle away, man. Who, but, uh, who knows? No, yeah, I thought the Celtics would beat them in a series too. You know, so that's really what it came down to. What could have been? It's not that I didn't believe. I, I believe those teams would have won. But it would have been fun. <laughs> My goodness. It's unfortunate. What we got next, man? Next should have made the East Conference Finals, man. I'm Anyhow, sure. I mean that would have been fun. That would have been five games. Y'all would have went to the finals. Yeah, we would have got smoked by Denver. I'm just shit talking. Hey, you would have had like a week or two of rest. True. Wait, no, no, because the Denver took care of business. Oh right, <laughs> which I, 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 uh, my fault. You didn't have to do that. Bro. I know. I honestly genuinely forgot. I forgot. That hurts. That's my fault. <laughs> I like literally <laughs> forgot. Jack. Yeah. Jack Sorry. mentioned the uh, the Bucks being super old. I think this next team we're going to talk about is also falls into this category. They look slow, and that's the Warriors. The Warriors right now, I believe, are on a five-game losing streak. Draymond Green has been suspended five games because he headlocked Rudy Gobert. <laughs> and before we talk about just the Warriors oh, and their issues, let's talk about Draymond Green and him headlocking Rudy Gobert. What did you make of that situation, Jack? Um, it doesn't like the suspension doesn't surprise me at all. I think, uh, like. What was crazy about watching it back is the fact that you get like seven seconds into it and Draymond and Rudy are going away from where McDaniels and Clay kind of started it off. And Steve Kerr's right there and he's like, Draymond, let him go. Draymond, (laughs) let him go, please. And like after that point, it still goes about 10 seconds until Gobert is on the floor. And so when you look at it from that perspective, on top of everything else Draymond Green's ever done, I am like, it would not surprise me if it was more games. That is insane that he did that on the court. Uh, that shit beyond be that, like, just from the perspective of the Warriors, they're a shit spot. Everybody stinks but Steph. Shout out to my God, my brother. Rib, He's so. saving you guys from being a bottom two team in the league. That's what Gloats do, man. You know. You're LeBron. Right. That's what Lord do. knows. But James Harden <laughs> did in 2015 with the Rockets in 2014. Oh, and Steph beat him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, another year of Steph owning that guy. Um, yeah. The the I watched it live. It was actually funny as shit. I actually didn't see like I was watching the game, but I didn't notice Clay and Jaden were going at it until like the crowd jumped in it, and then you just see Draymond huh, just hook him <laughs> right by the neck. He but it like it was like the hooking part, whatever. But like the dragging him, like he wanted to really hurt him and then he put was, him. He was that trying was like, to get him to yeah, tap. it was like, what are you doing? Like, okay, you you hooked him because from your angle, you see Clay getting hooked. Whatever, that's fine. But then like the dragging after was like, why are you doing that? And then like you, it's I've never seen a Draymond incident like Joe Star mentioned where Kerr is right there, like 
Dre, stop. Like, what do you do? Like, if, yeah, like, they've cur- Let him that's go, the, like, if, in my opinion, that's the first time that maybe I've, my memory's fucked up, but that I've seen Kerr really be there like, Dre, you're bugging right now. Stop. <laughs> like, usually he's just like, ah, it's Draymond, whatever. But that was the moment. He's like, what do you do? And Dre's there, ants behind him, cats behind him. He's just still, and if you see Dre's face, he's like, yeah. Like, he's really like, like he in the hood, like, tell him like, I really yoke you up. Like, he's wild. And it's like, what did Rudy do that was so, like, maybe you do that oh. and you know dre he got suspended in the cleveland game for his regular dre antics and then this one was just like i'm surprised they gave him five games i'll be honest i was waiting for like 10 15 I, that's i was in the crib waiting like he's done this before he stomped on somebody in the f- playoffs they're gonna give him like 15 games but then when i came out and it was five and then i seen everything after it it was kind of like like i saw um sergi baka choke out Marcus Chris. Remember that when he was in Toronto mm. and punched him. He got like three games and I saw a bunch of shit going on. It was funny, but um, Dre's crazy. Um, <laughs> to talk about the Warriors, I've been waiting for this shit though. Talk about these scrubs. Listen, dude, it's so bad over there. And Drew, you mentioned it. Joe Star, you uh, talked about it too. Steph is saving this team from being a bottom three team in the league. This team is, they look slow. They can't, they're shooting an EFG Effective field goal percentage of 46.4. Oh, my God. Oh, no, no, wait. On open, wide open shots. This wasn't like contested. Oh, no, no, this way. is open, and <laughs> which means they are wide open. They're getting the looks. It's just not going oh, in. Crazy. Like It's like Clay's shoot. That's like, comical. Clay bad. has hit more threes than three NBA teams. And like this team can't. Like It's like. It's like. A, it's like you're watching a team. Like You know how when you sometimes watch a team, you're like, you don't know what, like, that they're, they're getting through their sets. They're getting their shots. They're just not hitting them. And it's mm-hmm. like defensively, you can only do so much when you can't consistently say games on the offensive end. And, you know, Draymond's out, so the defense is going to plummet. Steph went down with an injury from carrying them so much, so I understand why his <laughs> knees hurt. Like he was backpacking them for the majority of the time. He goes out, and you get good performances. Like, I'm not going to say and say everybody's playing bad. Uh, AirPods was amazing. Moody, when he actually gets minutes, is amazing. Now, you know it's bad when you go on YouTube, look up Warriors highlights. It's not Clay. It, 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 it's not Draymond. It's not Steph. No, it's AirPod and Jonathan Kaminga. And AirPods, he was, like, in that minigame, he was fucking amazing. He, thing, like, he was sure. He was, yeah. he was hooping. He kept he doing def- it. Yeah, you know, he, he was carrying. And Chris Paul played, even though Chris Paul couldn't score, he was playing good, too. You know, it's specifically Andrew Wiggins and Clay Thompson that are stealing money from the Warriors. And it's They're insane. It's, it's like... What about your boy Steve Last Kerr? year it was Jordan Poole. This year now it's Clay and Steve Wiggins. Kerr, I don't, I don't know, bro. Like, Steve... Steve's getting investigated too because like these four guard lineups are ridiculous. Like you, you gotta you keep playing Corey Joseph. You're playing Chris Paul, Corey Joseph, and Gary Payton. Then you're playing Corey Joseph, Gary Payton, and like like another guard. Like it's like, bro, I understand you're small, but like you gotta start trying something else. And I'm not gonna blame it all on Steve Kirk because his rotations has been bad. But there's not much you can do as a coach when your best players aren't hitting open jump shots. Chris like, Paul's also really struggles shooting the basketball. Yeah, but it's like if Clay, like you, like this team would be good if Clay and Wiggins were hitting jump shots. Nobody's asking Clay to create. Nobody's asking Clay to beat just hit open jumpers. And Wiggins the same thing. But if you're not doing that, this team can only go so far. And when Steph comes back, I don't like unless they start hitting their open jump shots. There's nothing really that you can fix this Warriors team. Yeah, they were small, but against Minnesota, they didn't get out rebounded by an extreme amount. Actually, on the offensive glass, they were better against Minnesota. So it's like against Cleveland, that was a bad matchup for sure. But this team isn't going to get better if they're not hitting open jump shots. If Wiggins and Clay are giving you virtually nothing, Steph can only do so much. Probably keep him in a playing spot. That's pretty much about it, though. I mean, that seems pretty self-explanatory. You don't hit your open shots. 
you're not going to win bowl games. Andrew Wiggins is five of 37 from three this season. He has a team worst minus 74 on the season. And it's actually crazy. The, difference in points per game between Steph and the second leading scorer. <laughs> Steph is averaging 30.7 points per game. Second is Klay Thompson at 13.8 points per game. That's a almost 17 point per game difference. You should have stood 10 toes on your Klay. Between the first and second option on the <laughs> team. This shit never left. Y'all, y'all, y'all thought, well, people called me a hater. I came ready with the numbers. Uh, Wiggins, Clay, Kaminga combined is less than six points per game more than Steph Curry by himself on atrocious splits. Like, 40 Shout out to my brother, man. Are you going to make split. a call? Like, it's disgusting. Listen, I'm calling Toronto right now. Like, yo, I need OG. I need Siakam. I need, like, we need to make <laughs> OG some... and Siakam. For sure. Because I'm switching up. We Listen, Bob Myers is not there. He can't save you either. Warriors historically. He put you in this but I think I think that's not necessarily. That could be a positive. That could be a positive, though, because he doesn't Sarge have that has been good for them. But that's what I'm saying. But I think Sarge, 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 good. Sarge is yeah. good depending on who he plays with. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And, which is Kerr's fault. But I think. Dunleavy Warriors historically <laughs> have never known to make like any trade, like big mm-hmm. trades or major you trades. Had to, yeah, that's what so I'm saying. saying. So Kerr now, is a bad coach. He's not a bad coach. No, that is strong. Fraud watch. Fraud, Fraud watch for oh sure. But he, you've been saying this for some time. Years. I'm not, not just saying not, this. I'm saying he's a bad he's coach. Troll. I'm just saying like troll for he sure. has because you trolling. said Darvin Ham and him in that series. It's like hey, it's not like. Kerr wasn't out coaching Darvin Ham. He wasn't. At all. He wasn't. I think we openly saw that. He wasn't running circle. Like, you see what Spo did uh, to Adrian. Like, yeah. you see what Spo did to Missoula and what he did. Like, that. It was a dominating Kerr's, performance. That's what Kerr. You expect that from a guy who has four rings. But then when you look at it, it's like, oh, well, Darvin Ham isn't, is isn't doing good. But don't you think you're being a little bit too critical, given that you just said that they were missing open shots? No, I'm pre- I, I've been pretty openly destroying Andrew Wiggins in no, class. It was me asking the question. Yeah, no, no, but I'm saying about Steve Kerr. because it's also you playing know, Corey Steve, Steve Kerr can't. That's no, I don't think Kerr, he's hating on no, Kerr. Kerr, I asked him. Kerr gets about twenty percent of the blame. I don't I, like. I don't give Kerr like Curry lineups could be better. He it could for sure. His rotations could definitely Corey be better. Joseph can never. I, yeah, he, he, can't, he, he can't get waived, him, bro. bro. What yeah. did Frank say? He said if it was up to him, he'd have Corey Joseph super glued to the seat. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you gotta really like. I think this all like, and it, it's funny because they all jumped that pool and they all like. People bash Poole. Kind of. He was a scapegoat for sure. But Poole wouldn't do this. Like, he's like, mm. like this is embarrassing. But this like, was the same issue you had Poole, in the playoffs against the what? Lakers. Missed this many open jumpers. I swear to God he wouldn't. I mean, he, he had, had stretches. I mean, in the playoffs last year. No, playoffs. We're talking about, we got to get there first. You I know, but I'm saying jumpers. last year, this was the same issue you guys had last year. You're like, we just got to hit our open jump shots. We're 10 no, games in, you can't open jump last shots. Last year was, the bench was shitty. But against the Lakers, and you guys also can hit playoffs, open jump shots. Yeah, but we're, we're, we're in November. I'm not even thinking about April right now. I got to get past January and all this shit. Like, now it's like your best, your next bet. Like, you mentioned it, 13 points per game. That's fucking embarrassing. As your second leading score. Last game or two games ago was the first time we had another 20-point score outside of Steph. Mm-hmm. We like seven, eight games in. Yeah. So it's like, will Dunleavy make a move? Probably There's just it. not I enough think, offensive firepower yes. on this team to be able to have any sort of fate. Or faith in them to make any sort of run this year. This is an average team, and it's an average team because Steph is making them average. If it's not for Steph, they're below average. Shout out to my guy, man. You mentioned a lot of the problems with Golden State. They can't hit shots right now. I want to kind of talk about this Draymond thing because Steve Kerr wasn't happy with him after he talked about the incident. And usually, you know, when these altercations happen, you have the coach saying, he was in the right for defending his teammate. Usually, it's defending your player for yeah, how could you, defend you know, Trey you know, for defending that, your teammate in that way. No, 
nothing you could spin. Steve Kerr said it was inexcusable what Draymond Green did, which we all understood it was inexcusable what he did because Rudy Gobert looked like the person was trying to break up the fight. He did not look like he was trying to, you know, harm Clay in any way. And Draymond just came out of nowhere. And for some reason, fast Draymond too, has had this vendetta <sighs> against yeah, Rudy Gobert for a while. My brother, huh? I'm so sorry. I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he seen Rudy, and he didn't even get Rudy some time. He just, boom. It's no, like, no. He, listen, I wish Drake was my brother. I was outside, like, you know. No, he's a shooter. He was there a shooter for sure. He was there with him. I think it's very telling that Steve Kerr didn't defend his action, even to, like, a little bit. He didn't defend it at all. And I think in the past, you know, he has defended Draymond Green. But I think at this point, they're kind of getting a little bit tired of his antics. Yeah, he's they are doing that because he he con- he's consistently doing this. Last year it was punching Jordan Poole. Now this year it's it's choking out. You know, Rudy Gobert stomping uh, Sabonis in the playoffs. Stomping Sabonis. I yeah. thought Rudy Gobert's comment on the situation was perfect. Mm-hmm. He fried him when he, he said every time Steph doesn't play, he doesn't want to play without his guy Steph. So he does anything he can to get ejected. Draymond has been ejected 11 times in the last five years. Steph didn't play in seven of those games. This year, Draymond has been on the floor for 200 minutes this season, and 195 of those minutes have been with Steph. So 97.5% of his minutes have been with Steph. Uh, Understandable, you shared the court with them. But I think Rudy's response to this was perfect. And just watching Golden State, play these younger teams like a Minnesota, like OKC, their age shows. Because Minnesota outruns them. OKC outruns them. They just look far more active. And I think that's the major problem with Golden State. And I think it poses the question of, is this current Warriors front office and regime doing a disservice to Steph Curry's championship hopes by not making a move, by staying too committed to the trio of Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Only now, one of those guys got to go. And it's Clay. Yes. Can I ask you a question though? Talk to me. The the to backpack off the the conversation that you're trying to have right now, Joel. We saw the trio win a championship two years removed. Now we understand that Clay wasn't the same Clay that we knew him in 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, or shit, even 2019 before the torn ACL in in that game six. Uh, but again, we, we saw him play really high-level basketball last year. He had one of his best regular seasons, period. You weren't anticipating him to come out the gates this bad. Nobody was projecting that. The way that the Golden State Warriors started, we had conversations about, hey, uh, were we too harsh on, on Golden State uh, coming into the year? Or do we Should we put some more respect on their name because now they got rid of one of their problems and now their team chemistry's back to being to what it is but in the reality of it it's hey this guy is there there let me not just say this guy just singling out clay thompson everyone not named steph curry has been struggling so and draymond okay yes and draymond when he's been on the court for sure but again when when you're not on the court that becomes becomes a huge problem but you're 100 right draymond's been able to 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 play very high level basketball, play his level of basketball, but also limiting turnovers, which has been a huge part for a huge reason why they were an issue last year. Uh, but again, I don't think it's a disservice because you look at this Golden State Warriors. Yes, they're two years removed from competing. Jordan Poole was at a different level too, so it was hard to to replicate that when he wasn't playing that same level of basketball. But they've tried to put things in place for Steph Curry to have. 
things around him to succeed. You weren't anticipating Wiggins to play this poorly. You weren't anticipating Clay to play this poorly. You weren't anticipating Jordan Poole to fall off the cliff like he did. You see him playing meaningless basketball over there in Washington. It seems like he doesn't even care anymore. No one was was anticipating this coming off the championship. You think last year they tried to build the best team around Steph to win a title? I think they tried to run it back. To be fair, you were coming off a championship. But they didn't run it back. Drastic move. What what was the difference in in lineup? You didn't. Uh, you Otto lost, Porter was Gary gone. Payton. Gary, P- you, you lost. But Gary you got Payton, him Otto, back. Be, yeah, be elite. So you pretty much lost the vets, which has been the most important part of you know Golden State winning titles. But uh, losing Otto, he was a, a very and they're not like they're not like. But um, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they're not like. Good, but like, the core was still players. the same. Yeah, but I think, but the core was fine last year. It was, the which best. is why what I'm right. saying like, do you do you think they like? Do you well, think down they the stretch, you, the core was what screwed you. Jordan Poole couldn't hit shots. Now, Ray, couldn't and, hit shots. and I'm also not throwing this on you because you're not the only one that believed this. But the belief last season was, all right, Moody, now it's your time to shine year oh, two. Oh, for sure. No, Kaminga, I, I, now course. it's more yeah, time for, for yeah. more and minutes I, and for I you as well. That's That was the hope because going into the season, you let these guys go to give these other guys room to grow. So it's like, all right. You, you can't you, forget about Wiseman yeah, either, you, who was a bust. Yeah, you had like you, you win a chip, you get that championship experience, you expect these young players, okay, you know we, we we can run it back, right? Then it doesn't happen. Now this year, you mentioned that we were playing good in the beginning, but Clay and Wiggins were still struggling. They were. So it's like Joel posed a good question. I've been seeing it a lot on Twitter, like, are you doing a Steph a disservice? I mean, if you have a top four player in the world playing at still his best. He's 35, 36. Like, how many years are we going to see Steph want to play basketball in the league still at this high level? Like, I think we got about two, three years. He'll be 36 next year in March. Listen, don't say. limit him. Don't limit no, him. No, it's not right even now. But he is, he is openly admitted that he doesn't want to play. Like, he doesn't want to play too long in the NBA. So it's like, like at a high level, he'll keep it there. But if he even sees a, a scenario of decline, he'll probably just retire. Well, when's that happening? Listen, man, you, you know, 38 is crazy. I but think the, it's and in, the splits are ridiculous. I'm just saying it's hard to imagine. Yeah. But then are we going to have him sitting in first and second round exits all the no, time? Or no, you, no, no, You build a championship team. I it's think, hard to just, I'm yes. sorry, Joel, but it's hard to just do that like that. They had opportunities this offseason to make moves. Like what, though? They could have got Siakam. They could have signed. OG. How, but I don't know what about could that. you have gotten Siakam? I don't know about that. It was in a play for. No, let me not reach. say in play. They had a. Op, they had a. Op, they were in talks. Was Toronto for some gonna take Jordan Poole for this? Isn't OG? No, it was like Wiggs, Kaminga. This isn't a huge Kamingas. move, but I think they could have signed a player like Reggie Bullock, who the Rockets signed off the buyout market. Mm-hmm. And I think Reggie Bullock, he's not like a fucking star, but he's a role player that's gonna defend and he's gonna hit threes. And I think right now you can argue that with the amount of open shots that Andrew Wiggins has missed, Shit's Reggie worked. Bullock could have been better than what Andrew Wiggins is currently putting out right now. Mm-hmm. I yeah, think a, a, just a move like that, it's a it's not a huge needle mover, but it's just getting better on the margins. And I, I think it's on the front office, but I also don't want to remove Steph from this blame because I think Steph... Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, this is, and this is why you guys all... Eyes are wide, I'm with him. but I think Steph Curry is ultra loyal to Klay Thompson and Draymond Green, and I think any trade involving Klay Thompson, who's his splash brother, has to get co-signed by Steph. And I don't know if Steph is co-signing a Klay trade. Yeah, so if, if Steph doesn't want to co-sign that trade, he himself is putting himself in a true. situation and not maximizing this yeah. current Warriors team. Okay, good. I thought you were going somewhere else. We're, we're, here. we're here. I think we're here. one thing I'd be curious about is if 
the front office had used the picks that were used on Moody, Kaminga, and Wiseman, which felt at the time like it was going to take a second for those guys to get to the level of contributing where like a win basketball team really used them. If they used those picks instead on players like a Jaime Hawkins, Keegan Murray, um, Christian Brown brings to mind for me as a Nuggets fan, older guys who would be able to help contribute to a winning team sooner – would be curious what this Warriors team looks like uh, and I feel like that's definitely something that you can kind of lay at the feet of the front office is like we don't have uh, like we can't straddle rebuilding and maximizing Steph's window you have to pick one and nothing's going on right and I definitely like, shot for upside you guys yes. are going for and upside I feel like they but I feel like they they did that last draft and now you got to figure out where does Brandon and teach and Travis like where do they fit because they're when they play they play winning basketball. Like they are the the guys that are you know the three year players that know how to hoop. I mean, we just seen Brandon have a better game than Wiggins has had all year. Mm-hmm. You know, we seen try, like uh, T J Dick. He can switch out one through five. Like he's good on the glass. Like he's a he's a Kevon Looney replacement because you know Looney he, his hip and all that he fucked up. It's tough. But yeah, it's it's tough for my boy. You know, shout out to him though. I think that's a great point because at the time when they drafted James Wiseman. The other center was Onyeka Okongu out of USC, yep. who was more of an NBA-ready prospect, but they took upside with Wiseman. With the seventh overall pick, Couldn't they took Wiseman to be Kaminga, who was drafted with the eighth overall pick. It was Franz Wagner. Mm-hmm. When they drafted Moody with the 14th overall pick, who went just a couple picks later? Who did go? Trey Murphy uh, uh, well, with the Pelicans. A couple oh, picks. Oh, later? Yeah, that'd be nice. Moody, nah, he just, they don't be trusted. I like Moody. Moody. I like He's Mo- the honestly, only one that I should stay. I, I swear to God. I, we were having this conversation last night. It's like, hey, of the two, who's more reliable for you on the Golden State it's Warriors Moody. with Kaminga or Moody? Hey, it's listen, Moody. That hurts. Warriors could have also nah, had It doesn't hurt because Moody's. No, but he's the big Kaminga. Kaminga's my guy, but I will always, always, always choose Steph Chip over any. Yeah, fucker. Course, I don't give a fuck about all that. Warriors could have also drafted Alperen Shingun. I mean, there was a lot of players in that draft that they passed Shingun up would have been a weird one. For I sure. like the Moses Moody pick. The Kaminga pick, I thought he developed nicely under Golden State. It's really the Wiseman pick that was kind of an eye raiser because he only played one game in college and then he two. was out. It was like two or something. Yeah, he didn't play much in college and he was a very raw center. It felt like Onyeka just fit them more. But yeah. I feel like at the time, maybe my mind is playing games on me, but at the time of the draft... People were extremely high on Jonathan Kaminga. In between, it was Scotty Barnes and Jonathan Kaminga. It was Correct. it was always going to take time. Like he was a raw. He was like, um, I don't know if you guys remember. Remember, Jalen Brown came out. He was like the raw talent coming out. Like yo, if you develop mm-hmm. him right, he can be. So it was kind of like the same thing. Like you take the reach, you develop him, and that's why for Boston it was perfect. He didn't have to start right away. Mm-hmm. You know, and Kaminga, you would expect like he didn't have to start, but maybe we just don't have those type of vets to where it's like they develop properly or like this is not a develop this is like no you bring in guys that are kind of already developed here and then you just teach them the way you know but with Kaminga you got to develop them here and here mm-hmm. Moody that's why Moody's so good he was developed mm-hmm. so it was just like all right get get the skill out you know all that stuff and he'll be good so same thing with Brandon same thing with Davis they're already developed here so they've been thriving in the system so it's like now you got some decisions to make because you got Chris Paul who, outside of scoring, I think he's been fine. He just can't score, you know. But the playmaking and stuff has been good. You got Moody. You got Gary Payton. Like, you got all these small guards on the bench. When are you going to decide to put Clay or Wiggins on the bench? You know no, nah, it's never happening. I, I think you have to wait for at least Andrew Wiggins. Six and you, seven, bro. You, I know it's it's not great, but you've seen Andrew Wiggins play at such a high level. And Clay too, sure. but we talked about this last night. Clay is obviously getting up there in age, the injuries. He's not the same player defensively. And if his shot's not falling, what is Klay Thompson doing out on the basketball court? Shooting. 
He's shooting. He's missing. That shot died. Garbage. I'm no, listen. I I've never. This been the same me talking about Clay know, for a minute. I know. Like he just. But I have I have faith in, in Wiggins being able to figure it out. And Clay is such professional that the shot's gonna eventually fall. He's not gonna miss wide open shots for 82 games. But I think Andrew Wiggins you need to hold that hope. It's been really really ugly with Wiggins. What'd you say? Minus 74 with him minus on the court. Yeah, like that's insane. It's gotta. It has to balance the out. Hope, some, yeah, the some, hope. The hope. And me and Drew was talking about. Me, Drew, and Frank were talking about. The hope is. With last year, Wiggs at the beginning of the year, he was shooting like a 40% clip. Got hurt, came back, then had those situations yeah, with his family. Reasons, so yeah. you give him slightly, but he has to play hard. It's, it's not just he's missing shots. Defensively, ain't, he ain't been there to say yeah, he's not locked in. We need you. If you if you was defending and rebounding, then you can bypass the shots. That's why we're so angry at Clay because he's not only not making shots, he hasn't been defending well, which comes with the age and yeah. the knee injuries, and he really never was able to do anything else. So you gotta like like Joel mentioned, you gotta maximize what you can from the Steph Curry is because you only gonna have so long because that rebuild after is gonna hit because you never gonna find a player like Steph ever again. So you're never going to really – it's just – I can easily like, – I can say you're never going to reach the pinnacle for NBA because that's just hard to do. Dynasty. Yeah, you're not. So it's like you got to maximize what you can right now. And if the situation is if Steph is that type of guy where, nah, bro, Clay can't go, you're fucked because you ain't trading Steph. That's just not – that's not no, happening. Hell no, hell but no. if you do come up to him like, yo, listen, you and Dre, obviously you keep Dre, you keep Steph, Clay, we got it. Because like, they have not had any conversations about that contract. They have not talked. Clay was asking for a lot of money. So far, he's shooting himself in the foot by not playing well. So if that's the route you got to take as a front office, you got to maximize what you can from Steph Curry. A player that's available right now is Zach Levine. And we're going to get into some mock trades for Zach Levine. We're going to go roundtable here. We're going to start with you, Jack. Zach Levine trade, what do you have mocked up for us? All right. I want to be very up and say I did not do salaries on this. Uh, <laughs> like just going for a vibes made, trade. Vibe trade. Based <laughs> off the vibes. Like, Love okay, that. And right off the bat, I think vibes. I think Miami uh, probably upset that they didn't pull Dame, even though they've had a fucking second best team in the East Caliber start, according to Joel. Uh, I think <laughs> Hakez, Jovic, uh, an unprotected first-round pick, maybe like an additional protected first round pick it feels like they want to add that caliber of talent um because if they get into like a real slugfest with a team like boston i think they can go toe-to-toe with milwaukee or uh philadelphia right now as is but boston is so talented and you just want to have as much high-end talent as possible when you go up against a team like that and Marquez has been good I don't think they would let that stop them from adding a guy like Levine. So, yeah, I'm going to go Miami makes a run at him. What do you got, Drew? All right, so that's fine. Um, I didn't throw Jaime in mine. Uh, I have Kyle Lowry, Caleb Martin, Nikolajovic just to make the salaries work. Martin hasn't even played. No, Martin's played. Martin's played. played a little bit. Though. Yeah, he has. Uh, but to make contracts work, that's what I would have. Uh, I'm. I understand where you're coming from in terms of getting Jaime and and making him movable. Uh, with the way that he fits with the Miami Heat, I do wonder if they would consider not including him in a package. You know how they've traded, uh, treated. Excuse me, Tyler Hero in trade deals. They would not make him available even for James Harden at the time. Yeah. So. I find it hard, especially when they find a nice diamond in the rough, that, that they don't want to move off of him too quickly. Uh, but I, I like your deal. Let's just throw Kyle Lowry in it just to make the contracts work. So I'll meet you in the middle. You're going off vibes. I love it. 
So we'll throw Kyle Lowry in the in that deal. I feel like that's the perfect deal. You said Kyle Lowry. You said Jaime Jaquez. Uh, uh, how many pick swaps or how many picks? Excuse me. I said I said unprotected first unprotected. and like maybe a top five, top ten protected first. Maybe a couple swaps. I think the swaps. That's when you start talking about a bidding war between them and some of the other teams. I'm sure you guys are going to bring up maybe like a Philadelphia, Golden State, like we said. Mm-hmm. One like that on the perimeters of the trade package are where you start getting into like the nitty gritty stuff. I'll say two pick swaps okay. just to yeah yeah. I'm fine with that. The next trade I have is going to be between the Bulls and the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, it's going to be Keldon Johnson. Doug McDermott for Zach Levine. Mm. Keldon Johnson, I feel like, of the trio right now of the San Antonio Spurs. Most underwhelming. He is the most underwhelming. He seems to be the odd man now where he still gets his, but not as much as you see a Devin Vassell and, of course, a Victor Wembenyama. Uh, Jeremy Shohan has done a great job in filling in, in his role in that spot as well, Trey Jones, obviously. But you go and you add a, a Zach Levine to this mix. Now you add a little bit more offensive firepower. I think if you're a Spurs fan, you've been holding on to Keldon Johnson and he's been with you guys through the the down period of your, your fanhood. But you go and you get a Zach Levine. And, and I don't think that that's a bad deal by any means. Uh, I think I have one more... The last one's going to be to the Philadelphia 76ers. It's going to be Zach Levine going to the 76ers to make contracts work. Tobias Harris, who's making about the same amount of money as a Zach Levine and KJ Martin. Okay. Am I crazy for saying that I don't think there's a huge gap between Tyler Hero and Zach Levine as players? Yes. I don't think there's that much of a gap. Tyler Hero's averaging 23 this year, 23, 4 and 4. On almost eight attempts on three. Are you talking three. about right now or in general? Just right now. Just, he's shooting 41% from three. Zach has been struggling, so that's a good thing to push. That's Zach Levine, from a playmaking standpoint, he's a below-average playmaker. He's an average defender. Tyler Hero, I think, is a better playmaker than Zach Levine. He is a bad defender, but I think his shot creators, I mean, Tyler Hero does an amazing job creating his own shot. I, I don't think, As like... As a score, it's got to be Levine. For example, like, if we're talking about a heat trade package... I know you did, you guys didn't involve Tyler Hero in your trade packages, but if the Heat were trading Tyler Hero for Zach Levine, I would be like, eh, do you really get better, like significantly better? I don't know if they do. That's why any Heat package, they would have to be giving up those other role players and then bringing in Zach. I'll also say this, something to credit Levine. That first year that DeMar DeRozan came onto the Bulls, Levine was a huge team player. Knew that come fourth quarter, it was DeMar's time. I know that I'm amazing in this moment too, but DeMar is DeMar, and he's been historic for that early part of that season. I'm going to defer, I'm going to let him get his. You go and you put that onto a team where Jimmy Butler is also very uh, selfless in terms of just trying to play team-winning basketball. Of course, Bam Adebayo and his ability to facilitate as well. I think that of all the teams, Levine would fit the best on this one because of how selfless, how much selfless basketball that the Miami Heat do play. And again, like I said, he also is a selfless player where he's already been on a team with someone that he can respect and appreciate their game and doesn't feel as if uh, I need to have my big boy pants on at all times and I need the basketball in these moments because he knows what can lead to winning basketball, at least at the time when they had the team to compete. He shouldn't feel that way because these are nothing to feel that way. 
Like Zach Levine, Zach Levine's done nothing in the league to feel like he's the man. Oh God, he he's not gonna be the man. Am I goes. am I bugging? I'm not bugging. He, he had, had a little rude. He had a 50, hey, 40, 85 four years, season. Four years are like twenty five seven five on. 50, 40, 90 just, split, I, much. You don't I'm treat not, him like I'm he's ass. Not. Are you no, upset because not. he say you want to go to the you did just he's try to put ass. you just tried to put Tyler Hero on the same level with him as a score. That was fake crazy. That was Tyler like Hero, I think he's an underrated player. He's a good scorer. No, no, but that was fake crazy. Like Zach is like a twenty. Zach Levine for the last two years. Well, he was. He's not twenty seven no Here's more. Here's the thing. No, Hero the also hasn't been playing. No, last year it wasn't twenty seven. Like twenty five. He got hurt. I think you put Tyler Hero in a similar situation, he's averaging that. Hero hasn't been playing bad for twenty seven. That's twenty seven. T- Zach Levine three years ago. That was that's a, a different player than what he is two now. Years ago. That was before last year. Twenty seven. I think a game. Chicago's really bad at maximizing Levine, what yeah. Levine does well, and I think Miami uh, they don't have offensive firepower like around Tyler Hero in the same way you think of like DeRozan and Vucevic. But I think Miami does a lot to make Hero's life as a scorer easier in terms of like setting really good screens oh, yes. and just running nice actions for him and stuff like that. Levine's job isn't like super easy in Chicago. He's re- like, they're just saying cook a lot of the time offensively between him and DeRozan and just seeing what happens. It's not, I don't know. I get what you're saying. Levine hasn't been like a 27 a night guy in a couple of He's years. He's been 25. But I don't think. On really What's good that? efficiency. He's been a 25 a game guy. Last two, three, two years. 25. And that's with DeMar basically yeah. the main guy. He's been. And I think there's a gap between him and Hero as scorers. I do want to go on the record with that. Like, there's a gap between those two players as scorers. Yeah, scorers, I think Zach Levine's a better scorer. But I think his offensive players, I think Zach is an underwhelming playmaker. He's a below average playmaker. But I don't think he would need to be a, and he's a overwhelming playmaker in on the Miami. Heat. Doesn't need to no, be. No, he doesn't need to be. But I'm just talking about Tyler Hero and Zach Levine. Just in a vacuum as players, I don't think there it's it's a, it's like a gap. Like, but isn't it also something to say for the Heat playing winning basketball with or without Tyler Hero? Isn't there something to be said for that? I think it's just the Heat play great basketball. I think it's going to say Jimmy Butler there. and Bam. They'll you be know, fine. it's next man up for them, and they always have somebody. Last to year, up. what were they really looking for in that playoffs? Another score, someone that wasn't Jimmy and Bam to get theirs because Bam, hit, the way that he can get to his buckets is more difficult than, of course, another guy. If you can get a Zach Levine who can score in as many facets as he can, it makes playing basketball a lot easier. Tyler Hero, again, like I said, they win without him. They win sometimes with him as well. So if it can't be that he's this significant piece of the Miami Heat. It can't be. He's definitely very important to them. And I think... They tried la- to trade him last la- offseason. Yeah, last- they were trying to trade him the entire They tried offseason. to trade him for who, though? Guys like they're trying Malcolm Brogdon at one point. Malcolm, well, this offseason, yeah, they was trying Malcolm to trade for Malcolm Brogdon. Brogdon at but he one was point. in trade rumors for basically any star. Yeah, any guy. It went from Dame to Drew like to just, last just give us Brogdon. At last postseason's run made Tyler Hero super expendable. Drew makes sense because Drew is an elite defender. No, I'm, I'm with the first two guys. Yeah, sure. When when it comes to Zach Levine, he's not going to give Brogdon's you that defense. Insane. And part well, of it didn't is, want Hero. And part of it is because maybe he hasn't been bought in enough. But I I just don't think he's like. A great defender. I, I still don't think that Wait, he who? needs Zach. Levine. He doesn't need to be this great defender because, again, like you mentioned now, already. Zach's okay when he's bought in. But Tyler okay. Hero is not a good defender. And last season we saw uh, that the Bulls were able to put together a stretch where as a team they were at one point the number one Zach was a part number of one in defensive Caruso. rating. Okay, no, but Zach but was a part of the It's a whole team. It's a whole team. But the biggest but reason But my point Caruso. being now with the Miami Heat 
is that that's a culture that they're going to play defense. They're going to buy in on defense. They also have one of the best defensive anchors in the game in a Bam Adebayo. Now, Zach Levine's job becomes, hey, when you're on defensive side, just put effort forward. But when you're on the offensive side, get to yours. And you have two guys that can facilitate and get him in spots to succeed. I think when it comes to the Heat, there's just a next man up mentality. Tyler Hero was hurt for the last playoff run, but Caleb Martin stepped up. Nobody thought Caleb Martin was going to step Caleb up in a way Martin. that he stepped up. Until you know, that's just next man up. And to this to this point, to this season right now, Caleb Martin, he's only played two games. He's been hurt for the majority of the season, so they haven't even played with him. I just think, like, if you're if the Heat are trading for Zach and Tyler Hero is involved in the deal— I don't know that you get significantly. I'm better. not saying you include it's, Tyler. They get, they a, get better. It's a yes, they get better, but I think it's it's marginal, and I think they they do have a belief in Tyler Hero there. I do, I believe that. Maybe. Do you guys think the Heat's the most likely scenario? I have, I have one here. I that, got two. I got some. I got okay, some hot Rip, flyer. Rip, you go I'll, first. I'll throw a hot flyer one. I had Sacramento as a just a random for the vibes one. That's a tough one to make. It wasn't. I did it pretty quick. Oh, really? Um Yeah, I have oh, so, damn. but okay. I, I added Caruso because I feel like. You got to add Caruso. Okay, that's why it was easy for you then. Yeah, because DeMar is going to get added. Somebody else is going to get added with him. So I had Zach Levine and Alex Caruso gets shipped off to Sacramento, which is cool. You know, they bring in a dynamic scorer next to Fox. You got Monk off the bench, who is so he can be a really good playmaker off the bench and another scoring punch. And just Zach and Fox just sounds like a fire-ass duo. It is. So um, them two, and then the Bulls get Harrison Barnes, Kevin Herter, your boy Sasha, Chris Duarte, 2025 pick, 2028 first-round pick. All right, so I tried to make the money work. This is why my deal was difficult. Uh, the only thing that would get me to did you get add this Trey Laos? I didn't. Okay. The only thing that would was able to get me this this deal done: Kevin Herter, Malik Monk. If, yeah, I, I know. Put Malik in the deal. To make financials, work. I just did it. I we did that with Caruso. Mm, Got to add yeah. somebody, buddy. Yeah. Adam. Yeah, but you didn't even give up Malik Monk in that Caruso trade. No, nah, I gave up uh, yeah. Barnes, Herder, Sasha, Duarte. And that's another thing. Barnes yeah. can't be traded right now. No, nah, I went successful. Yeah, are bro. you on, on what? Are you on spell track? I'm on fan spell. But that's I'm what I'm saying. I think because he just signed, he re-signed, if I'm not mistaken. It does tell you. Well, honestly, the Bulls are the Bulls probably yeah, it would, no, it would tell me if it didn't work. Chicago should probably wait to get their most options because there's going to be a lot of teams limited with the trade restrictions. Sacramento, the players sound nice, but I think the, the flaw in that trade is that Harrison Barnes just signed an extension. That's, yes. The flaw is not that they can't trade him now. I think the flaw is that I don't think the Bulls want to take on a contract. Like I agree. That. Yeah, I'm with you. And same thing. It's with not Kevin crazy Herter. though. No, it's, it's not 17, crazy. Seventeen three years. It's not crazy. Yeah, but Kevin I think his contract game. They want to start off fresh with with you know expiring deals. So Riv, that's what I was saying. The restriction ends in December. No, I'm with you. I'm just they, they would have told. That's why it's odd. They would have told me that because they've they've been telling me that when I tried trade Lyles, they said he can't be traded till December fifteenth. I so have my rare. trade here, all on one-year contracts. Uh, this is another Vibes one, because I don't think this team is going to make a move. They're playing really well. But the Indiana, Indiana Pacers, they can move Buddy Heald, TJ McConnell, Obi Toppin, add in a couple of first-round picks, get Zach Levine. If they just want to double down on offense, and buddy, say, yeah. you know, we're number one offense right now through 10 games, get another prolific score in there to pair with Tyrese Halliburton, that would be, that'd be a scary That's combo. That's a solid deal. You got to add in a third team and send TJ to the Suns. That's what you got to do with that deal. Oh, my God. <laughs> let me let me finish this this hectic trade that I have for the Kings just to get your guys' full thoughts on it. So, yeah, Levine's going to the Kings, but the way that I was yeah, able to make it work. Valid, yeah. Success. It sounds successful for Riff. You know what? Hey, great trade. Go ahead. Go ahead, Joel. I have another one. <laughs> 
What what are your players that you add? Well, again, like I said, it was Kevin Herter, Malik Monk, Davion Mitchell, Duarte, and Colby Jones. I feel like that's too much. That's a lot. I'm not giving up Kobe Jones. Kobe Jones. I thought you were going to say like multiple players. Again, <laughs> stop this. Kobe Jones. Kobe Jones. <laughs> that's, they're giving up a lot. Herder, Malik. I was going to say, yeah, like Malik, like Kobe, like Davion. Like Malik Hurst. Mm-hmm. You that's stopped that Kobe was. I got two more. Here we go. What do you got? Another Is this one. your favorite segment so far today? Because we talk, we had to talk Clippers. Had no, it's talk been fun. It's okay. been fun. PG's this is, been hooping. So I'm, I'm good over there. You know what I'm saying? Um, another one's Orlando. I think that's another sneaky team that needs a, a little injection of offense. Yeah. Um, so this one is just straight Zach Levine, and they t- they send Jonathan Isaac, Gary Harris, Jalen Suggs, twenty twenty five round one pick from Denver, and twenty twenty seven round one Orlando pick. I think Jalen Suggs has been so great for them that they wouldn't move yeah. off of him. If I, yeah. I I have a magic trade, the backward just gets a little. Uh, it's still a little crowded, but yeah. I agree. I mean, if My, you just drafted Black and Jet that, that's Howard, what That's know. what I'm saying. Yeah, the backward's crowded. For me, if I'm the Magic, the trade is Gary Harris. Mm-hmm. I'm trading Markel Fultz, and I'm keeping Suggs Ooh. and Anthony Black. Okay. I, I think uh, I, I love Markel. He's been playing great basketball for them. But if you want to make a deal work, mm-hmm. contracts got to work. So I trade Markel instead of Suggs. And maybe this player needs to be in. Maybe not. It depends on you know how much the Bulls value Zach Levine. But... I'm expecting they're going to value him high. So I think Orlando sends over Jet Howard, too. Mm. Okay. No picks? Oh, you didn't really. Oh, a pick or two, you know. I yeah, think yeah. the picks are redundant. Jet Howard's basically like first-round pick. No, and this, this is my last one. This is Golden State. Okay. <laughs> Clay? So, yeah, no, he's in it. He's actually <laughs> the number one guy. So Warriors get Zach and Caruso, another one. He's my two that I feel like going to be paired up. Boy, I'm sorry. I didn't. He's just right. sick because the Lakers are can't get them. Yours don't work. Everybody's no, December you, 15th. You cannot, you cannot make a mock trade Unless I put AD the Lakers. In no. Yeah, so it's not. Um, so Zach Caruso head over to Golden State. Golden State sends Clay Thompson, Gary Payne the second, Jonathan Kaminga, mm. 2025 round one, 2027 round one, and two second round picks. Hey, that's that's the move that if you're a Warriors fan, you say you want to you know just make the most out of this. Again, Caruso and Zach Levine be tough. You're right back in that conversation now. Yeah, yeah. I just want Caruso. That sounds the most realistic of all the ones I've heard. I feel like yeah. I, I you didn't don't like know. my Sacramento um, one, bro. That one's for both teams too. The Sacramento one was fine, but Golden State, like that, and the big hurdle there is what we already talked about: getting whoever True. to okay Clay Thompson getting shipped out. Um, because beyond that, like. I think Chicago wants to blow it up, and that makes sense for them and all that. And Clay Thompson's sure. contract is good for them to get off of. But and then Golden State, yeah, like Caruso really feels a Warriors basketball mm. kind of player. absolutely. Him and Draymond maximizing what he does defensively would be really exciting. Yeah, that I don't want that makes happen. the most sense. <laughs> I know you don't. about it. I know you don't want that to happen. But you know, I also think it's the most realistic because, like you said. The Bulls will not be tied to much long term. Really, none of those players. And I think the Warriors do get significantly better. Okay with being long. You know, adding Zach Levine, adding what he can bring offensively, I think that's a big time upgrade for the Warriors. Going from Clay, who's the second option, to now Zach, who and you still keep the bulk of your defense. You still keep Wiggs, Dre. You You bring in Caruso on the perimeter. You got Moody still out there, and then you can still keep Chris Paul if you want to keep running this odd shit. Can can you guys answer me this question? Why the hell did the NBA come up with this rule that you can't trade players that you sign? No, you can't trade them at like you got to wait. No, I understand why. Because just tra- signing them and then trading them right after is crazy. Signing the trades Jets, don't Jets exist. Did that with Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> we tra- we people, signed him and traded for like a second round pick. Signing trades don't yeah. exist. Signing trades are different. 
Well, that's different. That's literally the other team tr- signing. Like, uh, like a NBA players union type thing. Mm-hmm. I would wager. I don't figure the teams have a huge problem with it. But they, they have like, so many trade restrictions. Little, in the NBA. Uh, they they now we got that them. third threshold. I, I say shit. that with the idea is, of Stepping course, people rules. are going to say, hey, you guys did all these mock trades. You didn't talk about Los Angeles. But again, we can't trade D'Lo until December. We can't trade Rui until December. Uh, I said because... He's hurting. I, I'm hurting because I can't put what, together a what, pick, what picks do you have left? Oh, I got a few. Nothing crazy. But the one thing I will God. say is why West that's foggy on me is because I know we traded first-round picks last year. You can't tra- they can't trade 2027 and 2028 back-to-back. They can trade one of them. Yeah, so yeah. it had to be like 2027, 2029. Yeah. Ha-ha. <laughs> that's not nice. When we get Caruso you, could, you, you can have DeMar. Sick. All right, uh, 2023 like NBA draft, I won first round, play. Pelicans have the pick swap. You actually think the people are upset we can't cook up a Lakers trade? <laughs> we got Lakers fans. We undoubtedly I do. think we have Drew fans. That's also true. Uh, but no, we got Lakers supporters, bro. Lakers I think we have Drew one supporters. Of the most supporter, one of the biggest they just want to see you happy. Game. Uh, some, I, you know what? Thanks for that, Riff. Thanks for that, bro. Because yeah. I know there's some people that don't want to see me happy. Well, a lot of people do. Yeah, you included. And NBA, yeah, but, yeah right. I know. <laughs> yeah, NBA for sure. Yeah, yeah, I don't want <laughs> Which I get. We got a good rivalry going. Yeah, for sure. LeBron happy, then Steph not happy. I can't. Yeah, that's know? that's what it comes down to ultimately. That's but, my that's my only rival. Like last year, I didn't really have a problem with it because LeBron wasn't in the playoffs. He wasn't playing really. So again, how could I be overly upset? Or two that's, years that's, removed. That's my only say. rival in the league, man. You know. But then the last year, of course, all these other people we had to get ours. Wannabes. You feel me? You're right. Got I got well. I got two. Kevin Durant. And Steph Curry. Oh, you look at Kevin Durant as a rival? I don't. Uh, well, he's beaten LeBron okay. last couple of times when it mattered the most. I hate that for you. It does suck terribly. Best Clippers, no rubber. That's just regular season type shit. It doesn't matter. Those okay. are like, that's a little, You'd be hurting though. Slow, so bro. You, definitely, you definitely, did definitely, be hurting. Hey, <laughs> that's what I asked. What happened last time we met up? Sure. Think about it. We started this run for the Clippers. We were their first L. <laughs> we broke the curse and now we cursed them. This week in the NBA, what do you guys got for me? I got uh, two two bits of uh, injury news here. Riff uh, cooked up nothing. Riff, don't not make true. me laugh. <laughs> Who said that? It's not true. I cooked up something. I saw the look on your face. No, I have one. Okay. Uh, Asar Thompson is the third leading son rebounder in bitch. the league. You son of a bitch. The, the other four guys in the top five are all big men. Asar Thompson is literally defining the game with a little bit of Scottie Pippen, a little bit of Sean Marion, a touch of Andre Iguodala. This man is amazing. He is... Uh, <laughs> He's one on one, and um, I wouldn't be shocked if he made an all NBA all defensive, all defensive team. team. That's yeah, I actually wouldn't be shocked because there isn't going to be since it's positionless. There isn't going to be many guards up there. Probably going to be a shit ton of bigs. But if there's a few guards, I could see Jaden, Herb, that third guy, Caruso. But then maybe Asar sneaks up there. You know, hopefully he gets it. That would be impressive. But you thought I didn't cook? I cooked. Bro. Use the rookie topic notes. What topic? What we we literally talking? have a rookie topic. The next topic. Yeah, you kind of sold it. there a little bit. No, we I'm cut. We lie. cut the pills. We're all waiting for that. We did cut the pills. Yeah. Why the fuck are we having a rookie topic two weeks? You know what? I can cook even Why more. Why can't we talk about the rookies? <laughs> it's okay. I could. I could go. And it is early, but the rookies have been doing their thing. Honestly, uh, the I'll, rookie race is two bigs and then regulars. No, it's, it's not, not a, even. It's, rookie it's race. not a rookie race. It's can just. You, can you read the who's note? Who's been your most impressive rookie to you? What are you gonna name? You're going to name... I know right, you're going to name... Who am I going to name? I know you're going to name... No, no. Your se- fellow Central American brother. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're going to name. Okay, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you got your ass. <laughs> uh, my... This week in the NBA is going to be Bradley Beal. He's going to be shut down for at least three weeks. We'll be reevaluated Damn. in that time span. Now, this is actually... 
I don't want to say, of course, this isn't perfect because you never wish injury on a player, but I say perfect for this this situation, this show, because Jack, you actually had a tweet that really hit home where you said over under games played with the big three on the Suns over under 40. Do you remember that tweet that you had? Shit, dude. I do, yeah, vaguely. I I send out a lot of them, but that one, yes, that I, is I that. This. No, that was the uh, that was a premium. I know ball tweet because realistically, forty's a stretch. It is at this point in time, forty is a stretch. We you haven't seen, seen him once. Yet. You've seen Kevin Durant, who I I feel like of the of the three, you weren't anticipating that Bradley Beal's back would be this bad, and of course Devin Booker, who outside of last season has pr- basically had a clean bill of health. And so, for both of those two to really struggle with staying on the basketball court, and Kevin Durant to be the one that has played a majority of the games, that's been shocking to me the most. But again, what are we to make of this big three offense when we haven't even seen them suit up once on the court together? So that's where it it becomes a difficult conversation to have with the Phoenix Suns and a a team that we won't be able to have a a fair evaluation on until that becomes the, the, the truth where we've seen them on the court together. So, of course, prayers to Bradley Beal. Hope he's doing okay. Know that he's been going through this back injury for, for, for at least the last two seasons. So again, it's it's always tough, especially when that's that was the idea to have Bradley be the third and and really dominate on the offensive side of the ball. Absolutely, Bradley Beal is gonna be mine. Uh, but another injury we had, Grizzlies gone from bad to worse, one of the best or one of the worst teams in basketball. Now Marcus Smart's gonna be out three to six weeks. Uh, John Morant can't come back any sooner because this team is uh, it's spiraling quick. Yeah, I, I've seen you got some. Lucky with the injuries, man. I've I'll seen some people I'll say that they should go this. make a move for Levine and just L-2. go all in on this year. But I think just chalk up this year for an L. Hopefully, you get a you know top ten pick, kind of Dallas like from last season. Except you're going to start tanking uh, in like November, or December. They don't and even need to April. tank. They're just not good. Yo, you, you guys, uh, in season tournament. Bracket's so fucking Mickey. I know. Oh, my God, <laughs> yo. We have nobody, bro. Like, yeah. There's like, nobody. I can't believe that shit was set up like that. Such... We're playing Toronto right now. We're yeah, playing. I know. You guys are so Mickey, bro. You got what, you got the Nets, Toronto. It, it's it's all bad teams. If you guys don't win, I'm going to troll you. What do you got, Jack, this week in the NBA? Um, I don't really have any news. See, the look. thing that jumped out to me when I He's thought about to. the last week or so was the battle of the Tyrese's. Uh, Maxi went for 50 last Sunday. And then Tuesday, Halliburton goes for 33, 15, and 7 with zero turnovers. Both of them have been jarringly good to start the season. I liked both of them before the season started, but now, like, I'm really pushing their agendas. They're here. You know, Jokic Joestar, speaking about Tyrese Halliburton, who is one of my guys, 25 and 13, basically, 50, 40, 90, last two games, 32 assists, zero turnovers. He's That's leading. Stupid. He's leading point guards in PER right now. He has a sixty-eight percent true shooting percentage. In honor of how great Tyrese Halliburton is playing, this is a would you rather, and it's on Tyrese Halliburton. Here we go. Would you rather Tyrese Halliburton edition? First name up, Lamelo Ball. Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese right now. I'm going with Tyrese. Love my brother Lamelo. It's Tyrese. Tyrese Maxi. Halliburton. Halliburton, yeah. Ah, better passer. This one fucks me. Maxie's just. I such feel a, like this one's super close. I, I agree with you. Maxie's Maxie. just such a flamethrower. He can. Uh, he can get Tyrese out of Halliburton. Halliburton. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll go Halley, but damn. 
Maxi's a flamethrower. I think it's the playmaking yeah. that separates the two. I'm going with Halliburton. But when it comes to creation in terms of scoring the basketball, yes. it is Maxi. I don't think Maxi's a point guard though. But he's not. Yeah. He's not. Mm-mm. SGA. 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 Yeah, SGA still. Yeah. It's, it's okay, SGA. We crossed the line there. <laughs> first, first team all NBS SGA. Trey Young. I'll still go Trey Young. Trey's. DeJounte's been cooking this year for them. DeJounte mostly. has been cooking. He's the Hawks been the better player well. so far. The Hawks, Hawks have been playing well. Um, I'll still go Trey. I'm going to say Halliburton, but like I'm not. You have to push an agenda, Joe. Keep, keep pushing. <laughs> I think, uh, like, I don't know. Trey. The efficiency gap is just insane. Like, Trey's been so bad at scoring the basketball to start the season. And the Hawks are winning in spite of that. But it really feels like Halliburton is on another level offensively to start this. Like, it's really felt like it's him, Steph, Jokic, and, like, a handful of other guys. Yeah, I'd probably go with Tyrese. I'm going with Tyrese Halliburton. De'Aaron Fox. I'd go Fox. Fox been hooping this year, too. He's been banged up, but when he's playing, he's been unbelievable. I'm you gonna, see how bad they are I'm without go him, Fox. too. I'm going to go Fox, but I think it is close. This is very close. It's pulling out heartstrings for me. Uh, I'm going to lean Tyrese Halliburton, and the reason for that is because— So he's the top two guard. Top three, let me say. Top four. I no, think right now he's oh, playing at that top level. Four. He's leading the number one offense. Oh, Steph, Steph Luca, SGA. SGA. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Tyrese is leading the number one offense in the NBA. Last year, De'Aaron Fox was part of the number one offense in the NBA, but they played a lot through Sabonis. But, of course, Fox did his thing, too. He played his role. Tyrese is doing this with no secondary all-star, all-NBA caliber player. That's why I'm going with Halliburton. Who? Bruce Brown? I think oh my God. I, I lean Fox, (laughs) but that's That's the closest one for me. Yo, uh, Jack, you see Bruce Brown... Uh, already has more corner threes with Indiana than he had all last season with the Nuggets. How crazy is that? I'll be honest. If if oh, he's coming off the bench with the Nuggets, that's true. If Reese gets a top four seed this year, I probably would take Reese. But Fox number one offense last year, three seed in the West, clutch player so of the year. Cut, yeah, that was so year. tough. Bruce yeah. Brown was six man off the bench for the Nuggets yeah. last year. Okay, I, I they start Kentavious so. yeah. Pope. Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, and I don't think the Kings made the wrong decision trading Halley because. Keeping Fox and bringing in Sabonis led them to that third seed. I think seed that's a the best weird agenda ever. people are starting to push. Yeah, I, I don't think that at all. I think Fox is deserved, and I think this is very <laughs> close, but Halliburton has the age advantage. And like like what Jack said, from an efficiency standpoint, I mean, this guy last two games, 32 assists, zero turnovers. He has a Shit's crazy. five, a five to right? one assist turnover ratio. CJ Stroud, I mean, what he's doing before. is, is oh, you did, unbelievable. You did, you did. Uh, I I also don't think because I feel like people are having revisionist history how great Halley's looked and he's a better player than Sabonis I think but he wouldn't have been this player if he would have you know he'd been with Fox this whole time if he stayed in Sacramento yeah he yeah. wouldn't have been and on top of that the Kings were the third seed last year people would like really act like they just completely lost the trade because that helped Fox grow his game too and helped them be a like a consistent competitive team so it's a win win for both sides Jalen Brunson Halliburton I'll go uh, Halliburton right now. Mm. But I will say, I think, like, if you asked me if I was in a playoff series, Brunson. I might hesitate hesitate a little more. But for the entire regular season, I think Halliburton just does a lot more from a more in the playoff series. I, I'll probably go That's Brunson. tough because Jalen Brunson is an unbelievable scorer. He's really great at scoring the basketball. He's like six feet tall, too. It's crazy. It really makes no sense how he's able to score the way that he does. This one's tough. 
I'm going with Halliburton. I understand. I it's, think Halley's going to get a lot it's of a clean right now. Sweep. He's cooking. It's a clean sweep right now from you guys. That's why it's making me doubt my brain right now. I'm going to stay 10 toes. I'm going to go Brunson. But I understand Halliburton because of the dominance he's shown so far this season. And last name we're going to mention, Darius Garland. Got to go Halliburton. That's Halliburton. Yes. Yeah. Hall- even like peak Darius Garland, I think Halliburton. has got to go Halliburton, so unfortunately. Damn. Yeah. You're already uh, rescinded. Uh, the would you rather so fuck me? For? Yeah. Hallie has the, the moves right now. Yeah. Nothing I can do. <laughs> Halliburton has been that special. He's though. up. He's been I, great. I, like, I think, been missing time, too. It's nothing I can like, do. I think if, if you are ranking top 10 offensive machines, like players you want to build an offense around, Tyrese might go within like the first five picks. I think it's Jokic, it's Luka, it's Steph. You still say LeBron. LeBron James. Um, Book. I think it's I don't know Devin Booker and I don't Tyrese. know put him in uh, I gotta see how they finish I don't know I think that's SGA. too early SGA yeah he's up there yeah but you said Jokic but already. I'm just saying offense bench is like not just taking him as a player well, I'm I think I would still classify Devin Booker as an offensive engine. No, I know, but what, Tyrese is leading number one offense in the NBA. I understand by a pretty like significant margin. So would you say Fox? No, I would go Tyrese over Fox. Just like why though? As an offensive player, because of the playmaking. I think the playmaking is a big gap. But all right, so Fox listen, led a also, number one offense all year last year. Yeah, but he was part of it. I think Sabonis had a huge role in that. Okay, so would you say Sabonis? Also, like Sabonis over Tyrese? Yes. No. Okay. What about Trey Young? What about Joel Embiid? It's a good one, too. I don't know, bro. Because Trey is, Young, you want to talk about offensive engines. Trey Young's one of the ones. He is. Off. That's literally, that's what he does. Damn, there what he do at this point. But when it comes to Tyrese and, and Trey Young, I think the gap, and I said this in the offseason, but I think the gap is that Tyrese is like basically 50, 40, 90, mm-hmm. and he does not turn the ball over while giving you the same output. He doesn't have the same assist. usage as a uh, trader. No, he doesn't. But that, like, he's able to give the same output with. I think that's why usage. that's impressive on Reese's. Yeah, no, for side. sure. I think, but I think uh, we got to give credit too to the way Carlisle's uh, scheming up those plays too. He's he's been great. I don't like I, I, Trey Young, top five offense like three straight years. I don't know. I, like it, <sighs> Tally's just playing so good. It's hard to keep him out. But like, it's so early. I, you know, I, it's not a bad take. I ain't, I ain't mad at it. What do you think, Jokic? I mean, at the end of the day, I think uh, we are judging a lot, like huge sample size of Trey Young against like the 10 best games of Halliburton's career so far. And they're like really, really good games. But I do, I want to see more from him. If he goes the whole season in like a top three offense, and you mentioned that there is no secondary all-star on this team. There's a lot of pieces that complement a guy who could be very efficient and pass the ball super well, but there's not like another really high-end talent. If he gets a top three offense with this roster, I, I am comfortable putting him over Trey Young, especially if it translates into the postseason. And I don't see like a huge reason that it wouldn't because he is so efficient. Uh, yeah, I'd be comfortable taking him over Trey. What do you think about the offensive engine question? I think he just answered. Oh shit! Say it. Say it again. My fault. But he answered it. In, in terms of if we're doing like the top ten offensive engines in basketball, where do you think Tyrese is amongst those players? Um, I would have Tyrese like fifth off the top of my head. Uh, just 
And like, that's me. I really am like weighted towards being able to raise the floor for the entire regular season. Uh, I think Jokic is better. Steph is better. Luke is better. I'm going to give myself a fourth spot for wiggle room. If there's like somebody that I'm forgetting, SGA. but is SGA better at like taking and teams offense and like lifting it? He can give you 32 and five. And like, that's great to build an offense around, but 25 and 13 with two turnovers a game on 50 40 90 is terrifyingly good uh i don't feel like i don't know i won't feel dumb if it like the sample size is bigger and he falls off from what i've seen and what he's done against really good defenses so far uh i'm comfortable putting him around like that four to seven range that's a that's a great take perfectly said damian delgado sent a super chat he goes, is it just me or does Drew look like Skylar Mays? <laughs> nah, that's funny. <laughs> I don't see it, but that is funny. It's a uh, perfectly shaped head. Slight, slightly, not 10%. Like a perfectly shaped head. That's tough. I'm black? I don't know if he's black. That I was a crazy assumption. Skin. I think he is. Just because he's light skinned, you guys, you guys should stop. Okay, I mean, it's not the worst thing So you, to call. Uh, listen, put him up on the screen. He's a handsome man. Okay. Not a horrible take. Damian Delgado also goes. How do you think Levine to the Nets would look? Useless. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't like that. I just sorry, I, Damian. Levine and Mikel are your best players. Come on. Yeah, I wouldn't use my assets for Levine yeah. on the Nets. Just wait. Next topic we're going to talk about rookies that have impressed us the most. Now, Riv, are you going to double dip in the Asar Thompson hype, or you got another rookie that's been impressing you the most? Oh, ironically, they're on the same team. So it's a uh, and you know I was I was big on Marcus Sasser in the off season and his uh, year at Houston. You know I always thought he had that microwave engine scoring, and then defensively he brings you that tenacity. And uh, when he got to Detroit, it was pretty much a match made in heaven because you guys know I love Detroit, Cade and Ivy and all them boys. So both of them have been playing amazing. You know, and it's it's crazy in Detroit because they're so banged up right now. People forget that Morris is out, Burke's been missing time, Bogdanovic is out, and you've had guys pretty much have to step up and play their role. And Sasser has a score. His splits have been pretty fucking amazing. And the shots he takes, you would think they would be low, but he's been great on both ends, you know, as a defender, as a scorer. And then Asar, you know, as a defender, he's been one of the 10 best defenders in basketball as a rookie. And I think that is just extremely impressive for both guys. You know, I think, you know, Detroit found some gems, especially in Marcus Sasser, you know, and I think that makes – Kinley Hayes expendable, and I think with the situation with Ivy, it could make him potentially expendable too. Because Sasser has been that great, and then Asar, he just compliments Cade so well, and then he, the way he plays on the defensive side, you got, you definitely got a great combination. And then of course, you know, you you see Shet and OKC, he's been great. You, know, you see Victor, he's been great. You know, there's been these, you know, there hasn't been many rookies with the same head. Like we haven't seen Jarris too much. Eamon has been banged up, so we haven't seen him too much. You know, the top guys, Jed Howard, we haven't seen him a lot. At Anthony Black, we've seen in stretches, but he's been good in his stretches. I was going to just sure. talk about every rookie. What's going on? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I left the guys. Who's <laughs> I, I left the guys. I, you know, you know, but we haven't seen the top guys yet really come show to play. But my guys, of course, Asar and Marcus Sasser. Asar, rookie of the year. Marcus Sasser. Oh, rookie Duh. of the year. That's what we're pushing? Oh, we're here. Yeah. I That's feel like, you know. Much, he might not win rookie of the year, but all defenses. I mean, he'll win. He really, he'll he'll win top three in rebounds. He'll win all the rookie. Of the, he should win every rookie of the month in the East. I feel like that warrants rookie of the year. Respect Brandon Miller. He's going to come on strong some of these months. Don't care. 
He's hurt right now. Too. Second half of the year, he probably will. Second half of cool. the year, Brandon, Brandon Miller will have a, a month. He averages like twenty two or something. Just don't move when I'll start averaging triple double. I don't know if he'll average twenty two with Miles Bridges coming, That's true. coming back. True. That's nuts. Unfortunate. Uh, but <laughs> get his ass out of here. Yeah, understand. Uh, the, the rookie I want to highlight the, uh, of the 17 that you named, I'm surprised <laughs> that he wasn't one of them. Jordan Hawkins of the New Orleans I let Pelicans. You, I appreciate that. You saw that I put that in the doc? No, I didn't look at the doc. He doesn't what doc? ever look I was at the doc. I don't know. He's <laughs> he on your code. phone and the <laughs> notes app. Uh, <laughs> so, but it's going to be Jordan Hawkins. And, and Jordan Hawkins, watching him is very fun because when he's on, he's extremely fun to watch. He's a flamethrower. Uh, the, the game versus the Nuggets was great. Of course, the last game against Dallas where Dallas got – smoked out of the water uh, and due part to Jordan Hawkins catching fire five from 12 from three. He's only shooting 36% from three, but again, on a lot of attempts, eight attempts a game as a rookie, they're already entrusting this guy to be one of their primary shooters. And understandably so he has that type of ability to him, but also he's not just this one dynamic. I'm just going to catch and dribble, uh, you know, catch and shoot type of guy. He's getting himself to the bucket. He's, been a re- relatively inconsistent, but when he catches fire, especially as a rookie, it's not going to be every game that you can drop 30 points, 25 points. But for him to show that this early into his career with a team that has Zion Williamson and B.I. as the number one and number two options, I mean, they got one with Jordan Hawkins. I can firmly say that. The most impressive rookie to me has probably been Chet. Um, you know, putting up 15-8, three, three stocks, 50-40-90, being able to straight out the gate to do that. But I think his teammate, uh, Kaysen Wallace, has been really solid, too. He's leading the league in three-point shooting. The attempts aren't crazy, right? Two attempts a game. He's averaging around 20 minutes. But he did have one game where he played 35 minutes, and he put up 13 points, 6 or 10 from the field. Um, so I do think Chet has been most impressive to me. We could sit up here and talk about Wemby, you know, all day. But I feel like we've talked about him plenty so far this year. Um, but Chet and Kaysen Wallace have stood out. For my player, what I'm going to go with, uh, it's not Hawkes. Unfortunately, my Central American brother did not make it. Shocker. The most impressive rookie to me, of course, outside of Wemby and you know Chet, even Chet has really been impressive. It got to be Asar Thompson. I- I'm blown away by what Asar Thompson is doing right now. <laughs> I am. It- it's as simple as that. Averaging 12 and 10, a steal, two blocks per game. I, damn I also there. had Asar in mind, but I was like, you talk about Asar, I'm not going to talk about him. I just too. assumed we all knew I were going to talk well, about Asar. Well, the answer... Everyone should say Asar. Yeah, Asar is my the first answer. name. He's been OD. Well, He's been insane. You were gonna go. You were the way you were. That's why I had, like, I had I four thought, names just in case. Like you know, what I mean, players averaging a double double this year. Good thing year. I go first. <laughs> yes, it is. Players averaging a double double this year in three stocks. It's Rudy Gobert, Anthony Davis, and, and Asar Thompson. Forty rebounds and ten blocks in a player's first four games have been achieved by. Bill Walton, Hakeem Olajuwon, David Robinson, Dikembe Mutombo, Shaquille O'Neal. And a star Thompson for him to be doing this as a forward is mind boggling. And in one of his first NBA games, he shut down SGA in the matchup. SGA had 32 points total, but he had 27 of those points against non-Asar defenders. When Asar was guarding him, he held SGA to five points, two for eight oh, from twin. the field, and two turnovers. So when I see what Asar Thompson is doing, being one of the league's best defenders already. I saw this a couple of years ago with Herb Jones when he took the league by storm as a rookie, being elite, being as of elite defender as he was. I feel like I'm seeing something similar with Asar, but I'm also seeing him rebound at such a high level. And I think that's what's been most impressive, just how well he's translated. The shooting still needs work, but I don't think, and I might be getting a little bit ahead of myself because 
the offensive ceiling is such an unknown with him because of the jump shot, but based on the tools that he already possesses, it's not that crazy to say he might be the most valuable young player on the Pistons moving forward. Mm. I understand Cade still gets the title because of what he can do offensively, <laughs> and they need to build a team around him that has proper spacing, but Asar and what he's been able to do has been that special. I know, Riv, I know you saw the stat he put in our group chat. Was it was it VORP or Box Didn't Plus Minus? It. What it was, it was some so like stupid. advanced stat, and Cade was Didn't in a, a group of just ugly, ugly names. Um, That's a... I'm not going to... You put me in a tough position because Asar is my guy. So that take, it's a it's a win win for me. You know what I'm saying? That take, but um, <laughs> like I, I, you know, I think offense will always be more important than defense in it's our win basketball. Shares. So win shares. yes, that's tough, man. Kade, get K some help out there, man, because the turnovers well, are an issue for sure. Games, so that makes yes. sense. He's yeah. not gonna have a lot of those because right now th- this person Dennis Smith Jr. is on that list. You know who else was? Killian Hayes. He was ahead of Dean on the draft. He he posted this. The list of players who have negative win shares in the first three seasons of NBA play with 1,500-plus total minutes is grim. Number one is Lancaster Gordon. It, then two is Emmanuel Moutier. Three is Josh Jackson. Four is Dennis Smith. Seven, Adam Morrison. Eight, Killian Hayes. Nine, Johnny Flynn. Ten, Cade Cunningham. And, yeah, you're right. Like, you know, the Pistons aren't winning games, and they're not putting him in a great position. So I'd like to see Cade with the spacing because I still believe in a talent that is Cade Cunningham. But a star. He's, he's, the jump shot is unknown, but like if you if you can kind of tell me, all right, in the next two years, Asar will develop a respectable three point shot and will be a consistent driver, mm-hmm. along with what he can do off ball already with his cutting and then the elite defense. I think he, you know, yeah, yeah. he could the, definitely the, be more of a priority. The, the, the twins were always coming in. The potential was through the roof because they had almost everything, but they just didn't have a jump shot. And if their jumper connected or clicked at any point in their NBA career, the sky was through the roof with both of them. And Asar, we've seen he can pretty much do everything, even finishes at the basket well, except shoot that three ball. He's confident. He'll shoot four air balls, shoot the next the next one with extreme confidence. So, And the form isn't awful. You know, it's definitely fixable. So I'm not like him saying he has more potential than Cade is not a bad thing because he can pretty much do everything. It's just, with Cade, the situation right now is, you know, he hasn't been efficient. He has the he like his usage rate is top of the league. He's like top three in usage rate. He has to pretty much do everything for them. The way they defend him is like a superstar. The turnovers are bad. The clutch hasn't been good. But you know the team the team construction hasn't been good either. So it's like a 50-50 thing. But you know Asar's potential is through the roof. So if it happens, we're fucking here. I, you know I'm I'm good with either. But I think K can still be like if K Duran and Asar pop off, they're good. Like yes. they're they're fine as shit. Yeah, I also think. If you know uh, that it's going to be an issue for Asar, it's easier to build your roster saying, okay, we have all of the shit that Asar does taken care of. We can go find three-point shooting at other positions. Like, it's it's not like you need to find it over the course of the next, like, six months. You're the Suns or the Warriors or some shit. You have a lot of time to flesh out the rest of the roster to supplement his game shortcomings and maximize what he does well. I don't know if I would go like high potential highest over Cade just because offense is so important and you're not going to win games without like really talented offensive players. But the fact that we're even having this conversation is a testament to how good he is defensively and as a rebounder. Dark horse rookie of the year, man. We're here. Who's been the most impressive rookie to you, Jokic? 
Uh, I would say, like, the layups are Tet Wemby and Asar. That's what I wrote down. Asar is fun because I didn't see it coming. And I really like people who can just, like, smother a step-back jumper. And you'll see him do that every, like, game, game and a half. A guard will really try to separate. And he'll just, like, snatch it out of the air. It's sick. But I, I like a Derek Lively is somebody who jumped out to me. I don't think the Mavericks are in as good of a position if they don't hit on that pick. And it's good... It's impressive to just, like, be able to come into the league and be – it feels like he's an established NBA center. I don't know if he's averaging exactly a double-double. I would assume it's, like, 9 and 8 on really high efficiency. But he's protected the rim well. He's been a part of them having a good-ish defense so far this season. He's been a nice lob threat for Luka. And he's just, like, really filled the role, uh, the gap they had on the team well. I've liked what he's shown. I think that's a great take. Derek Lively has been amazing for the Mavericks. Now, moving on to the last topic of the show, what has been some of your guys' biggest takeaways from the NBA season thus far? I got a few. Um, One of them is definitely Indiana's offense. You know, I think, you know, coming into this year, we expected Indiana to improve for sure. We expected them to definitely compete for the playoffs. But to them to jump out kind of like that King's way and be a number one offense, you know, have this, like they, they play with so much fun and finesse and play. They give, they give you the, and I see why they, they, they compare this team to the Suns teams because they give you that type of excitement, that type of fun, you know, they're shooting a shit ton of threes. They're just getting open. They're playing with like, so it's like that, that's a team that jumped off because offensively, can they keep it up? We don't know, but it's fun to see a team like this play with this much energy on offense. And we know, and offense is fun. Offense is exciting. It gets you going. Uh, and I think this team, Indiana, is exciting for sure, and the way they play is great. Uh, another one, my second one would be DeJounte Murray. You know, I didn't expect, like, and I love DeJounte. Everybody knows I love DeJounte. That's my dog. But didn't expect him to be the best player on this team. Didn't, didn't expect him to start off as being the guy for them, especially in the clutch. You know, he's already hit a clutch shot in Mexico City. That was super tough. You know, and Atlanta has been pleasantly really good to start the year. DeJounte has been on a tear, you know, been cooking teams. And as soon as Trey Young picks it up, you know, this team can reach their full potential. Hopefully he does because he is probably, you know, very hard to watch at times with his efficiency. But DeJounte, he has been hooping. He's been doing his thing, and you then you, you, you definitely got to give him credit. And then the third one, I think is the obvious, is the Houston Rockets. You know, mm-hmm. being top ten on both offense and defense. You know, he made changing the culture like this. And like like we talked about it before, I, for them, it's for me, it's not results. I think it's – or not the outcome, it's – how are they going about it? Is it different from the last two seasons? And they have shown that even though the results are good right now, and even if they don't finish as a playoff team this year, that's fine to me because I've I've seen their habits are different. Their tendencies are different. The culture is different. They hold each other accountable. The leadership is there. The, role, the young players are buying in. If you can get that from this team, that's what they've been lacking these last couple of years. So I'm excited to see what they've been doing. One of my biggest takeaways is the amount of old NBA players – still playing at a high level. LeBron comes to mind. Steph Curry comes to mind. I know I'm missing a few. KD. KD. I actually really wanted to just mention KD with this. Mike Conley's playing at a high level. He's really taking a huge role with the Timberwolves, just facilitating the offense. Kevin Durant. He sure did. Kevin Durant this year, he's averaging 30 points on 50-40-90, seven rebounds and five assists per game. Watching the amount of Suns games that I've watched this year, it hasn't looked like this every single night. But, man, when he is on fire, he's still one of the best players in the league. And for him to be doing this, it is his age. And I know that post-Golden State, he doesn't have the best reputation. But him coming back from his Achilles injury 
and still playing at this high of a level, he is going to be the case study and the example used for players coming back from big-time injuries moving forward because what he's been able to do coming off an Achilles and in 2021 being arguably the best player in the playoffs in that playoffs in that season, I think speaks to his character and his work ethic coming back from that. And what he's still doing playing at a high level is, is fun to see. And I'm looking forward to the Suns being healthy. A takeaway from them is that I didn't know Bradley Beal was his back was this messed up. I thought Bradley Beal's back was a little bit better. I didn't expect him to miss this much time. It's unfortunate. And then the Timberwolves meshing as well as they have defensively. Rudy Gobert is a big reason for that, but Cat is buying in on defense. He's closing out. He's running hard. He's defending at a high level. So I think just the buy-in from them makes them a very fun, exciting West team. And then in the Eastern Conference, Deep. I think the Magic have looked very, very good. Our bets, Magic, our Magic, bets, have, our, bet, our bets on fire right now. Yes, Magic have given it to to the good teams in the uh, league. Nets versus Magic. The spacing is still a bit wonky, but I like what I'm seeing. I like the minutes from Anthony Black. He's shown that he should have the spot in rotation. I got a lot more takeaways, but I'm not gonna steal. Asar has nine points, nine rebounds, and two assists. Half time. What quarter? <laughs> All right. It might be the first quarter. <laughs> just, an just, average Asar game. Yeah, I just seen. Uh, let me <laughs> see. Okay, yeah, it's halftime. That's still. Really crazy. Uh, Since you guys rattled off. He's on pace. (laughs) (laughs) Since you guys rattled off like nine takeaways, I'll only just go one. Uh, My big takeaway is that the Oklahoma City Thunder have arrived. Right now, they're tied for second most wins in the Western Conference with eight. They are top ten in both offense and defense. You see J-Dub. You see the impact that is Chet Holmgren, not just on the defensive side, but also getting his on the offensive side. And SGA continues to be one of the most dominant players in the league. When ESPN put out their list, the disrespect that was being placed on a guy who was just first team all NBA was disgusting. It's not as if he's not close to being a top 10 player. If anything, he's just outside, but you know what he's done? He stood 10 toes down, stayed true to the grind, and you're seeing the results early on in this season I said before the season, I had Oklahoma City being a top six team in the Western Conference. Right now, they're playing some excellent basketball, not just offensively, but defensively as well. I have a couple. Um, number one oh. is just how great the Sixers look without James Harden. Uh, nah, no, no Celtics. I decided to skip today. We do a talking on the court. You know, <laughs> um, I didn't mention the Celtics because I assumed this guy was. Oh, uh, I actually, I actually wasn't. I was thinking like, should I? But not. Um, how great the Sixers have looked. Um, you know, it was funny they they beat the Celtics at full strength and then they lost to them without Jalen Brown and Porzingis. Uh, yeah, but they've looked phenomenal. And just Tyrese Maxey being able to take control of that offense, how fast and, and how like up pace they are. We talked about that a bit last week. Um, a couple other ones. We talked about this one too, but I think the Warriors need to make a drastic move for them to be title contenders. Um, if they want to be in that conversation to make a deep run, I don't think you could just throw out there uh, Steph Clay, Dre Wiggins, Looney again and just expect that this time will be different. I think they'll need to make a pretty big move. I love the Zach Levine and Caruso trade if they're able to get that. Um, and the last one I have is the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, we've talked about it basically every episode now, but I'm starting to lose a bit of faith in the whole they'll just figure it out because they have Damon Giannis. Um, again, something else we've talked about in previous episodes is that 
I don't see a way that this defense is going to turn around overnight. You know, they're not going to be able to bring in, I don't think, a huge impact player through uh, trades or buyout market or anything like that. So they need Brooke Lopez to get back, um, you know, back to his his way of playing, that is. And we need to see this defense step up because if they're going to have the, what are they, 24th in defensive rating right now, to their defense, they have played some top 10 offensive units. But I'm sorry, playing the Nets, Hawks, Sixers, and Pacers, like they are good offenses. But if you're a championship-level team, I'm not going to give you this excuse being like, oh, you're playing good offense. It's okay. 24th is inexcusable. They need to be top half of the league for me to have some real confidence that I'm going to the playoffs. All right. Does that just leave me? Yes, that sir. leaves you. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Easy. I'm going to keep it brief. Um, touched on the Houston Rockets already. That's pretty much what I've taken away. Like, that's easily the biggest place I was wrong this offseason. I didn't buy uh, Brooks being like a good leader. I didn't buy, I didn't buy uh, Fred Van Vliet, any of it. And I've been wrong. Um, Brooks has been one of the most efficient, like mid-volume scorers in the entire NBA and has been extremely vocal on a talented defense that has given several good offenses a lot of problems so far. And I also want to give a shout-out to Shangoon. Um you saw flashes last year where uh, they would let him be the offensive hub and how it really opened up the floor for the rest of the team in terms of how he's able to move the ball as a big guy. Ime has taken like full advantage of that, and it really feels like it's, uh, I don't know, oozed out into the rest of the team. The mm. ball movement is very it solid. Owns. It feels like everybody's passing up uh, like good looks for great looks, even if they're not always falling. And like the to be able to turn the vibes around that quickly, I hated the Rockets last year. And now they're one of the most fun teams to watch in the entire NBA. I think that's a great point. You made Doka's really changed the culture there. So before we go, who, who do we, because I think um, everybody consensually thought Victor would win rookie of the year, but I think Shet is making like a, making a case. extremely intriguing. Do we think Victor still wipes away with it? Because if Shet has the Scotty, because remember Scotty, Cade, Mobley, I don't think he runs away with yeah, it. Scotty had the, we made the playoffs. Good, if they're going to be a playoff lock. I want it to be known. The award already has Victor's name written on it. It was signed and sure. sealed yeah, at draft it like, night. Mm-hmm. So now yeah, he's playing at that level. And he's still playing. He's playing, he's playing unbelievable basketball. is right basketball. there with him. Chet's playing, playing great. So I think in a, in a perfect world, I think the only chance that Chet has, a, has to win rookie of the year is if they go co. But even still, I remember think that's Jason King. Unlike. Was it Jason King? And Grant Hill did it. But why is that? My dad says this to me all the time. Coming in, they had Grant Hill's name written on the trophy already. Mm-hmm. But Jason Kidd was so amazing, yep. they needed to do right and by they can him. Do and it. Him co- Chet has been that good. It's just on the opposite on defense, where Chet has been great in his own right. You already have conversations about Wemby being the defensive player of the year. Where I don't go, I won't go that far. I think Anthony I think Davis, so, Rudy Gobert has been. It's have the been thing better. is with that, like. Centers have probably the most impact on a, a defensive team. Like, they can literally change the whole defense. And what Shed is doing, like, OKC was a top 13 defense last year. Mm-hmm. Shed is making them an elite, top For of the sure. league defense as opposed to San Antonio. That they're not they're not that good defensively. You know, so I think... They suck. Yeah, like, they're, it's they're like bottom five, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. It's a difference in, in, in... But we know this. But that's my thing. Like, that's why. So it's like, Victor is great in his own right, but when you're a center... You're great, and you got to be great individually. Also, great to help the team. So, are you saying that you think Chet should win it, but you know Victor's going to win it? I think Chet has a shot. 
I think if he continues to play like this, he should have the same the same way how they looked at Scotty Barnes. It was like, well, Scotty, Evan, and Kate are playing good, but since Scotty's is propelling, he's helping his team get the playoffs. Shet should have that same exact case. So I wouldn't be upset if Shet gets the award. I wouldn't be upset if they get a co if they continue to play like this. Offensively, Wemby's been better. I agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not mad at that. But just what Shed is doing right now, especially fresh off, like he he hurt You're himself. Right. You're I mean, right. This is yes. fresh off an injury. He's integrated into the offense and the defense. Like in OKC, like you SGA mentioned, too. yeah, like he was the guy that was supposed to take OKC to that level. We didn't expect it this early, but now they're like, All right, we're here. So you know, just 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 a conversation to be had. Jack made a TikTok about this about how. The Wemby hype machine is just too much to overcome. Yeah, that's unfortunate. They started glazing as soon as he got drafted. Probably yeah. they, did, they did. I start. Feel like, Go ahead, Jack. I don't know. Like I, I just feel uh, Chet would need to legitimately be like running away with OKC's best player spot, and would need them to be like a top six seed locked into the playoffs. For the media to take that Scotty Barnes angle, whether that's fair or not, it's just like, yeah. I mean, we all said it. The glazing is crazy. <laughs> it's, it's been for years. Uh, like, I, you, you saw the video where he was cooking Gobert, like 16 years old, and it's just been building and building and building in terms of hype since then. So even if they are equally talented, um, I think that will not be enough for Chet to overcome, like, all of the shit that's leaning in Victor's advantage. And that's going to do it for episode 328. We want to thank you, Jack, for being on the show. You know, you caught us on a good day. This is two hours and 15 minutes. This is a short show, my friend. We did a three-hour football episode the other day. Holy shit. Uh, You guys are extreme. I mean, that's dedicated to the grind. CTE takes are going crazy. uh, About an hour, hour and 45 prior to this. And I was like, I was like, damn. I was working hard. <laughs> the work you guys are doing here. Thank you. That's crazy. Um, yeah, thank you guys for having me on. Everyone tuned in or listening, follow me at Jokic Joe Star on all social medias. Listen to my podcast. <laughs> uh, it's it's there's no football, so if you're here for that, I'm sorry. But we talk about basketball. We like to have fun. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. Thank you for having me. Hey, Joker, uh, have you ever heard of River Academy? I have heard of that, but I see all these tweets where it's like the guy who makes it is not like consistently pumping out content. That's not what I expected. (laughs) (laughs) He's locked in. What he actually is, he's locked in. Damn, Riv. I'm just saying, hey, if you if you're pumping it out, I will happily tune in. I'll go listen to Riv Academy. I'm sure there's a brand new episode up right now. I talk to Drew uh, every Saturday. So tomorrow. Hey, oh yeah. Tomorrow Saturday. Tomorrow Saturday. <laughs> tomorrow Saturday. Yes, yeah. tomorrow. Tomorrow. Didn't expect that. Yeah, yeah. Every Saturday. He's already got the topic. He's got the outline done for the show. He's ready. And, and for the comments, we will be reading super chats and we'll be giving our our picks for week eleven of the NFL season via Mojo Fantasy. But we didn't want to bore Jack with all that other stuff. You know, the CT that's for us. Appreciate it, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Appreciate yeah. It, Jack. You guys gotta save your brain cells. <laughs> Have you a good, nice King. night. Have a good night. Getting into these super chats. Let's talk about them. Ricky goes, what's up, my pick side brothers? Are the Lakers the most concerned chicken tenders? LeBron-centric Yo, offense fuck? isn't going to last all season. True. We're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. We, we're at a stretch where we haven't seen Austin Reeves play the, the 
high-level basketball that he's shown us last season on a consistent basis. He's shown it sometimes throughout this season so far, but not on a night-to-night basis. Uh, we don't have Jared Vanderbilt as well. That's been a huge part, a, a huge loss for us where we've been kind of a liability on the perimeter defensively. Jared Vanderbilt's going to do yeah, a great job. Yeah, when does he come back? I, dude, I, I want to say December. Yeah, it's going to be some time until he gets back on the court. Darvin Ham, you want to talk about Steve Kerr and his troll lineups. He's been finding it. He's had some issues so far trying to figure out which lineups works well. But again, I, I've, I've seen some great things with us. Uh, Cam Reddish, ever since that heat game, he's been playing some really great basketball. At that moment, he there, there was a lot of criticism thrown on him. And listen, uh, you and I even jokingly, we, we've acknowledged the defense, but three-point shooting, where has it been? Since then, he's really done a great job incorporating himself as a strong role player for us. But no Gabe Vincent, that kind of sucks. Anthony Davis, inconsistent. It's early in the season, and we're still playing winning basketball. Uh, last year, it was far worse than how we started this year. We were 2-10 and 10 at one point last year. It's night and day. I'm not going to complain at how we're starting. We are not a regular season team. We are a playoff team. We just need to make sure that we get there. Crying. And I have no doubts we will, but I'm just saying we got to get there, of course. Trey the Trillis goes, let's speak on how D-Book gave it to Ant. Let's speak on it. Hey, yo. Yeah, he did crazy. his thing. <laughs> <laughs> he did his thing. Shout out to my brother D-Book. We got the jersey up there. No, I didn't. I, I genuinely jersey. didn't expect like 14 points. I thought it would be like a 30 from both ends type of type of vibe, you know. That was back-to-back. Yeah, that was, no, that was a surprising game. Yeah, it was back-to-back. Back. More competitive. What, do you, what do you mean? For the... they, were, they came off the Golden State game. Yeah, I get it, but what do you mean? It was a back Are you using back. that excuse for a young player? He had an off game. That's all it is. I'm just saying he had an off game. Back to back. But I don't expect that from 24 years. I, I don't, crazy. I don't expect that. that from Anthony Edwards. He's not 24. He's younger, by the way. That's even yeah. better. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't try to make him older than he is. No, just using the he's back to back. Like, I understand if he's like 30 or something, but like young player, he ain't hearing that you shit. You know, Tyrese was on JJ Reddick's podcast and. You said this already. No, no. I'm going to say something <laughs> different. Okay. He was talking about how. You know, JJ's Team USA. When they played Germany and Anthony Edwards took over in the second half, Tyree said that was the most impressive performance he's ever seen in person. He was like, he looked like Bean. He looked like Kobe when he did that. Oh my God. And I Russia said, Germany. Yeah, Tyree, he's a smart man. Smart was that man. the same game he got dropped? Anthony Edwards? No, Tyrese. Or Tyrese? Yeah. It might have been. Uh, Who knows? I dropped a generation. I didn't watch FIBA much. Ricky goes, Rivio, be ready to send my boy Drew that money for five and, five and a half wins. Bills down and Luca for MVP. Damn. Mwah. Well, he, he goes, picked, he he goes the eight ones. That's all right, Ricky. That'd be nine one after this week. Talk, talk, Dells. Talk to these fuckers, man. Because, like, we're coming. And Hard. Ricky is Hard. tired. With mad, mad loop. Ricky is tired of Drew. He goes, Drew, respect the maths. And then he shouts me out <laughs> by saying, we here, Joel, with four <laughs> or five exclamation points. I do kind of respect the Mavs. I say kind of where I love their offense. They're an amazing offense. That defense is fraudulent. And also that schedule is fraudulent. Take a deep dive into that schedule. It's not pretty. Mm. Got to be who got to beat, man. Gotta be Amen to that. On your Amen to that. And Santos sent a super sticker, ten dollars from Santos. Santos. Thank you, Santos. Santos. And Drew, we have this Devin I was Booker say, jersey were, up there. You were mentioning the the Devin Booker jersey when we were talking about Devin Booker versus Ant. Shout out to our guy Cole Ware. Cole Ware sent us this Devin Booker jersey for us to sign, but we just have it on display for this episode. Cole, don't worry, we're going to be sending out this jersey to you very, very soon. But of course, we had to show it off. Look how pretty it is. 
And D-Book, when he was on Kentucky, wasn't even a starter. Then now we're talking about one of the best in the game right now. Mojo Fantasy Week 11 props. Let's get into them. We got a lot of great games, and I think let's start off with a game that could be a shootout. It's the Chargers at the Packers. You said could be what? It could be a shootout. Are the Packers capable of that? Oh, yes, they could (laughs) be in a shootout. That's why I was, like, curious on that. And you know what? Because you're disrespecting the Packers right now, I'm going with Jordan Love over 219.5 passing yards. I think he's going to smash that. Last two games, he's went over that. I think Jordan Love against uh, Chargers defense, that secondary is very vulnerable. He goes over that as well. All right, my- He's actually went over it the last three matchups, last three games. Okay. All right. Uh, Austin Eckler, anytime. You can just assume that that's going to be the case. He is a touchdown machine. But you know what, Joel? Uh, I'm going to stay on the Packers side of things in ter- terms of putting money where my mouth is. I'm going to go Aaron Jones over 50 and a half rushing yards. The, the Chargers' rush defense still is not good. It's been a liability. So I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating that without any type of restrictions on Aaron Jones, he should have himself a good ball game. Fresh over four touchdown, one interception game, 323 yards against that allegedly good Detroit Lions defense. I expect allegedly, Justin right. Herbert to come in here and do the same thing against Green Bay. And I got his over on his passing TDs, 1.5. Yeah, I know how I get. There's no unders in my book. It's straight overs. And I feel like Justin Herbert's going to have a big, big-time game. The week before, last week, he also had three touchdowns. He didn't play well against the Jets, but they didn't need to do too much. But three touchdowns that week, four touchdowns the week before, uh, last week. So I think he's going to have a big-time week. Cardinals at Texans, Mojo Fantasy Player props. The Texans are red hot, but the Cardinals got Kyler Murray back. What props are you going with? So, for me, I'm looking at a Kyler Murray big-time game, and I saw the fact that they had his touchdowns at 0.5, which means he has to score one passing touchdown. I feel like last week he was getting himself acclimated, getting himself back to weather. So now I got Kyler Murray over 0.5 Passing touchdowns, which means he just has to score one passing touchdown. Once again, I'm an over-merchant. I don't go under. All right, my selection is going to be Trey McBride over 52.5 receiving yards versus the Houston Texans. Right now, they rank 28th in terms of yards allowed, points allowed, fantasy football, to the tight end position. And with Trey McBride, two of the last three weeks, he has cleared that mark very easily. One game, 95 yards, and just this past week, 131 yards. This was Kyler Murray's first game back. And Trey McBride and him had an immediate connection going up against Houston, who does not cover the tight end well. I anticipate that Trey McBride hits 50 and a half easy. I was going to go with a similar prop, but I'm going to change it up. And I'm going to go with Tank Dell over four and a half receptions. CJ Shroud loves targeting Tank Dell. Tank Dell has been such an impressive rookie for them. And I think another line I might take too, I'm feeling juicy, is I'm taking CJ Stroud over one and a half passing touchdowns. So I'm going with two props Tank Dell over four and a half receptions and CJ over one and a half passing touchdowns. On to the next game we're going to talk about. It's up to y'all, really. You want to go Cowboys, Panthers, Seattle, Rams? What, what do you think? Let's go Chicago, Detroit. Chicago, Detroit. Yeah, let me go first. I didn't see go that. ahead, Cook. They disrespect the twin. They did. They told twin he was a bust. They did. They put Tyson Badgett over twin. They did. How will you respond, twin? Talk to him. He's going to respond with over, 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 over. Over on his passing yards, man, 204.5. It's been a while since he's been back. It's 11 touchdowns still, beating a lot of top quarterbacks. Some of your favorite quarterbacks, Ooh. too, not to mention. But then, of course, another one. You got to look at that camera, bro. A lot of your favorite quarterbacks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pointing at the screen because I'm looking at a lot of your favorite quarterbacks for sure. 
And then uh, another one. Thank you, Drew. Because n- nobody else is going to help know, me but you. Know, so thank brother, you. I love you. The guy not doing anything wasn't going to No, help for me. real. What has he done? Nuts. What has uh, he done? And then another one, of course. They got his touchdowns at 0.5. He's easily going over. I expect Justin Fields to have a big game, a big time game to show people why he's one of them once. Zero and a half passing touchdowns is disrespectful to Justin Fields. That yes, is the lock of the week. You know, you're allowing this is crazy. I was thinking, you know, I don't even think I got to say a prop because I think Riv said it all. But yeah. this prop right here looks so juicy. Jameer Gibbs over 30 and a half rushing yards. Jameer Gibbs been stringing Yo, together some good back to back weeks. Rush defense, sneaky good. They have been sneaky, sneaky good. Right now, they rank number two in EPA per play, rush EPA per play. That's good. I'm going to trust Jameer Gibbs in our offensive. Line. I don't blame you. I'm just stating uh, something that shocked me because, in terms of fantasy points, the Bears give up a ton of points to running backs. So for that to be the case, and you see the statistics, and recently they've been doing a good job. You going with a prop for this? That's it. I'm going Justin Fields over zero and a half. I mean, that's irresponsible that that is a prop that we're allowed to take. This Detroit Lions secondary has not been good. And Justin Fields, like Rose said, was one of the league leaders in touchdown passes before his injury. Going up against the secondary, he should put on a light show. Now the last game we are going to do a prop for. Vikings at Broncos Monday yeah. night no football. Sunday, Sunday, night, Sunday. Sunday night football. Oh, Sunday night football. Vikings at Broncos Sunday night football. Drew, you think the Broncos will win this game? Oh, most definitely we will win this game. That's not a, a, a concern in my heart at all. Uh, but when it comes to these props, it's I think it's going to be a big defensive matchup, believe it or not. Uh, Russ has been able to do a job, uh, but again, it hasn't resulted in the most beautiful statistical stat line when it comes to yards. He gets into the end zone, which is why I'm going to take his over on touchdowns, one and a half. I think that he's going to be able to do so. He's been able. He's been one of the league leaders in touchdowns. I believe he's top five in passing touchdowns this season. He's been awesome. He's been having a, a rejuvenation to his career this season. I think that continues going up against Minnesota Vikings. 193, 114, 194, 95, 196. Those are his last five to six games. So Hammer the under. under. Hammer the under on his passing yards. the over yard. king. Hand this is the listen. over king. This is the first underside history. And I'm going to under on Russell Wilson's passing yards. Not not even because Russ hasn't been playing well. Just he doesn't really do too much in the passing. Like you mentioned, he gets in the end zone. He trusts that running game. He gets there. He scores the touchdowns. I don't think he's going to do too much in the passing game. And plus, his Vikings defense is tough. So I got his under on the passing yards for sure. Right now, Mojo Fantasy, they don't have any line for TJ Hawkinson. But just know... Whatever line that is in receptions, <laughs> I'm taking that line over because TJ Hawkinson has been that great for the Minnesota Vikings. And we, we really got, haven't been that good at stopping the tight end either. We got two more Super Chats here. Damian oh. Delgado goes, Scary Hours 3 Thoughts. thought it was great. I thought it was Drake in his rap bag, and that's what people wanted. Listen, Dirk. I listened to the songs without Wait, the other guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fire, fire, fire. Yeah, I cut all the other guys. Um, Scary Hours 3 was cool. I just, for me, like I told Drew before, I liked the R&B album. I really... Really liked for all the dogs. I didn't like it at first. Grew, grew to love it, and I felt like he could have just kept scary eyes off the album because I did download the whole thing. But um, it, like I didn't like it too much. But I'm all for for all the dogs. I listen to it every day. I say this: the only reason why I'm in support of it as strongly as I am is because Joe Budden called him out. It was one of those. Bro, hey, let a Joe you, Budden call out move him. It, yo, you'll be surprised how much Drake hates Joe Budden. A lot he of people do. Hates Joe Budden. To his core. But Joe Budden was calling him out saying, yo, you stop rapping like a kid. You're not a kid. You're a grown-ass man. you think it's man. a call-out or is it just him being A little critical? both. A little. But the thing is, 
Joe Budden wouldn't know a hit if it smacked him in the face, where Drake <laughs> is the king. I heard he had hits back in the day. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah, pump, pump, pump it. <laughs> hey, Whenever, that's a banger. When people make fun of him, they yeah. oh, they bring up that song because that's his big Drake song. Drake don't even got to stoop to that, but though. But, bro, Drake, just, Drake's, he's, he's with Michael. It's him and Michael. Yes. That, like, that's who, why. Who? Joe Budden is just not Michael a Jackson? hit maker. Yes. Oh. Joe Budden. <laughs> so, respect Mike. No, and, in terms of hits, oh, they both have. I this, don't know. Mike just, you know, Mike. Drake just passed Michael Jackson for most Does number he have more one music billboards. Than, uh, Mike, Mike Jack. I don't know. He might have more music than Mike Jack. Michael Jackson. I don't know. Mike Jack just up here by himself, but Drake cool like right. No, Drake. Michael has so Jackson much music. in terms of like superstar wise yeah, for sure. Dola. Drake has been dropping music since two thousand nine. Drake's not dancing. Michael Jackson had everything about out, him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think what you're saying, though. Joe Budden, he don't make his songs. He had one his song that was Pump It Up. Bro, but it Joe up. Budden, what he was, <laughs> he was a respected rapper, lyricist, street New York guy. That's really where his bread and butter was. Not no way he's better than Davies. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> you could have said that. You could have said, like, Sleepy Hollow. Prime Davies. Nah, no this way. Said Davies. Kyrie, Joe Budden's got album as good as Kyrie Chanel? No. I don't know. No, I, couldn't t- I couldn't tell you. He doesn't listen to Dave East. No. Kyrie Hollow is better than both. Kyrie Chanel is really good. It's the only Dave East Me project too. I'll ruffle. And uh, hate, hate me You not. guys have fallen from the depths of hell. Look what you're talking about right now. We're talking. He was great in 2016, 17. We're in 2023. 18. We don't care anymore. I know. We're talking about Joe Budden. He has a podcast. It's important. Good for him. He does have a big podcast. It's pretty big. Dave East never got kicked out of school. Could be in the NBA right now. That's like a 0.0001. What is it? Is that, Think about how versatile he is, bro. He could have went to the NBA. He's like, nah, I'm going to be a rapper. And he's a nice at rapping, too. Casanova's versatile. He's a, you know, and then, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I mean, like. <laughs> Santos goes, what about the Giants bet? Question mark. We already said it's called have off you, because Daniel. Have you guys, have you guys confirmed <laughs> they that? They haven't came to an I agreement. I don't yet. think no. you came to an they agreement on an that. Agreement. Very easy. Daniel Jones tore his ACL. It's locked. It's over. Bro got blessed. That's some BS. You got, yo, you got lucky, Drew. Same way that he just said, yo, they would have went to the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow didn't get injured. We didn't make a bet. I know. I'm just saying that that's your statement. Yeah, listen. Could have happened. So when it comes to what, how many bets have we made this NFL season? You and me? Yes. Uh, we have two centered around Sam Howell. Yes. Uh, we had the Taekwon Thorn one that got X'd. Why did it get X? So all my bets that I win, I get X'd. Uh, <laughs> what you're telling me. I'll tell you what. I'm willing to, even though, because Romeo Dobbs has one? been significantly better. Like it, Who, was, who yeah, would have no, like no, a no. better year? Like I'm being a prick else. when it comes to that one. That one most definitely you can get paid out on. The Giants one, sorry, Ben. Well, you don't want to pay me out on the Giants one because it's the biggest bet. Well, I also did pay you out on the Kyler bet, the Cardinals bet last year when I shouldn't have. They weren't going to get to that win. He total. was hurt. He tore his ACL. He missed like seven games. That was like week 12, though. They missed seven. He missed seven games. So he got injured, what, week 10, week 11? He got, yes. And they, they weren't playing good, though. They were losing games. The Jaguars only won nine games. No, I think it was the Cardinals and... I know, Cardinals and Jags. Or was it the Jets? No, Cardinals... Oh, was, yeah. Either way. Yeah, they won seven games. You counted the, the playoff game. Wait, no. no our the, bet was Miami. No, Wait, our bet the was ja- Miami and We had a Jaguars and Dolphins yes, bet, too. Yes, You didn't pay that me out regular, on that one. But that was regular season. Oh, but the totality to see the yeah the tiebreaker that was there was no tiebreaker yeah that was funny no but the our bet was Jets our our bet was Jets and Cards and again Kyler got hurt missed the last seven games I still paid you out on that one which was two hundred (laughs) dollars and I shouldn't have but I did it was two hundred I thought it was a hundred it was two and you didn't give it back to me when I said yo seven (laughs) are you kidding me he's like nah bro that's mine so. 
I gotta, I gotta, that's crazy. I gotta go back to the Venmo, man. I gotta see the history on, on what you're talking about. I gotta see the receipts. I, Me, honestly, way, I, I'm as a man. I paid I, it. But I, the Giants honestly, one, come on, bro. Ben honestly, Jones. we should just cancel all the best we had. No. Christ. No. Because Sam Howell and, and Jordan Love, who you've still proclaimed is better than Sam Howell. And, uh, oh, yeah, Desmond Ritter, step back three, who got better. Oh, that's, a, that's a loss. Because Desmond Ritter and Sam Howell was a loss. I know. Yes. But, like, the Giants bet was just for so much money that it kind of cancels out the Daniel the Jones tore his ACL. You're right. You're right. Not just Daniel Jones tearing his ACL. Saquon Barkley injury. Uh, Andrew Thomas injury. So we're going to talk about the Packers injuries on the offense. Start the year. Oh, David yeah, Bakhtiari's out for the year. Okay. Were we anticipating Aaron him? Jones He's missed been injury prone for his entire career. Or let me say the recent, I should say. Still got injured, though. The Packers had injuries. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, should, yeah that should yeah, kill yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. You are in the comments. <laughs> you the love. You gonna pay me out on the Sam Howell Jordan the Love glorious one? Glorious, uh, undoubtedly. Yeah, the quarterbacks are healthy, bro. I'm sorry, bro. The Giants one. How does it get, get X? You think that you're the giant? The Giants one is Mickey. Mouse Are you in fuck, favor of Xing it? It's Mickey Mouse's. Honestly, y'all maybe should, cut in the half. The thing is, the Sam Howell and Jordan Love one. Maybe cut in half. Maybe cut in half. Money should be cut. All right, so then yes, then it is next because Sam Howell's gonna finish with better stats. Okay. But I that's think so there's by a De- with Desmond Ritter then. So again, if we're gonna cut it in half, our half bet is the Sam Howell Jordan Love. That's fifty dollars. The okay. Sam Howell and and uh, Desmond Ritter, I believe, is twenty. He got benched. So either way, you're paying me <laughs> twenty <benched>. beans. <laughs> At minimum, you're paying me twenty beans. All right, I'm fine with that. We should yeah, the, I know. We, we should let the fans decide this. Man, we should be like, does Drew get an out of this Giants bet? I mean, they didn't give me an out with the Jaguars-Miami bet. Why the fuck would I anticipate that to be the case here? When in reality, Tua got injured and they still won the same amount of games. Oh, man, we'll see. Got to go back to the drawing board on the bets. I got this bet with Riv, the Jordan Love and Justin Fields one. That one you have a better chance of winning. It's just cooked. That's going to come down to the wire. It's just cooked. Because Justin Fields missed games? Nah, bro, you still have a chance to win. No, I said it was uh, after the third third game. It was like if he misses another yeah, one. He's great. right. He's right. You did agree to say that it was fried. Okay. You still want to fry it? So it's fried. Yeah, it's got fried. a chance. Nah, it's that's fried. Was it passing touch or just it's everything? Passing TDs. Right? The passing I think TDs. it's just passing touch. But TDs. Jordan loves up right now. He is And that's going to do it for episode 328 of the Pick Aside Podcast. You guys can follow us on Twitter at Pick Aside Pod, on Instagram and TikTok at Pick Aside Podcast. If you guys want to listen to our week 11 predictions and picks episode, it will be out on our Patreon. It's out now currently. Thank you guys for listening and or watching. And we'll see you guys next time.